been waiting for this day for a long time. Oh, boy! Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Dizzy Underground, your experimental podcast of tomorrow. I'm your host, Gene. Today is August 30th, 2021, and this is episode 50. We want to thank you in advance for taking this magical journey with us. We have a fun show today. We have Disney author and historian Aaron Goldberg joining us to discuss his new book. And uh, we'll also be joined by Omar Elkayubi from Give Kids the World to discuss some of their upcoming events. Plus, the cast will also be discussing how to show some appreciation to cast members, plus all the latest Disney news and info. But first, let's do the Disney Underground Roll Call. The Disney Underground Roll Call. First up, the besteners of the Midwesterners, Dan and Steph. What's up? Hi. Hi. <laughs> All the way from Utah. All the way on location, you know, via Utah. He's on location. Dan is on location today and he still is able to join us. Thank goodness. And all the way from sunny Miami, Joey and Sammy. What's up, guys? Hey. What up? So uh, we got a great show today. I'm excited about the show today. Uh, we also have a extra special guest, uh, someone who I want to introduce to our audience. Uh, she's actually going to join us on our YouTube that we'll be starting in the next, uh, about the next month or so. Let's introduce Emil. Emil, how you doing? Woo! Doing good. So I don't know if you guys can hear the booming, but I live close enough to Magic Kingdom that they're actually going off right now. And it's booming in my house. I I can show y'all. I don't know if you want to see it, but it is a podcast, (laughs) so I guess not. I I don't hear it, but I remember you saying you could see it from like the front yard. Yeah, I can totally see them from my house, which was like bucket list type stuff in life. And to actually live it, forget it. I've been here two, almost three years, and I still geek out. I still peek out the window like a little kid like they are. Oh my God. <laughs> so, um, so for everyone that, that doesn't know yet, we will be launching our YouTube channel in about a month. And um, obviously we needed some local talent. We found most of our local talent by doing our segments, uh, The Most Magical Five. And it was really, whenever we had someone come on and they were absolutely amazing, it was almost like I knew right away, all right, this is someone that I, I can rock with like I can with the regular our regular podcast crew. I felt that same kind of thing. And Emil was one of the first, one of the first people we reached out to. And luckily I didn't scare her away on our initial recording and she was willing to come on even though i'm sure dan if he had a chance would have put in a bad word for me um uh, but emil we're excited we got some fun things planned emil knows about a bunch of it we're actually going to be meeting the next few days to discuss a bunch more about what we're going to be putting together for the uh the youtube but exciting stuff right yeah yeah I'm, I'm stoked i'm stoked about the ideas and all the magical pixie dusted shenanigans that will for sure ensue <laughs> there's definitely gonna be a ton of shenanigans yes. uh, we, we got a we got a cool cooking show that we're going to be bringing to youtube uh we'll be cooking some disney dishes and having some guests on uh we got some stuff that we're going to be doing from the parks, from the springs, uh, from just other parts of, of Orlando, from Universal Studios, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the the market at Winter Garden, some some dining and just regular non-Disney stuff. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And you know, each week you'll get to meet uh, a few more of the cast members from our YouTube channel over the next few weeks. Uh, today was the first one we wanted to introduce Emil first. So Emil, I'm so proud and glad to have you. I think you're going to be an excellent addition. You may hear Emil sometimes on some of our podcast episodes filling in for somebody that might be out as well. Uh, but again, Emil, we 
just want to say thank you for uh, putting some trust into us and joining the team for the YouTube. Dude, I'm so, so stoked. And it's a pleasure to be here. And I can't wait. It's going to be a blast. Now, here's the big question. Here's the, here's the big question about the, that we, <laughs> that we go, all need to know. Go. Emil, what do you call a shoe that's made from banana peels? Oh, jeez. I suck at this. Already? <laughs> I got I got to break her in, man. Nice tour. A shoe made out of banana peels. I don't know. A slipper. Oh God bless. That's awful. Oh, not good. That one was good, Dan. Come on, man. That was good. It it wasn't. I know Sammy loved it. No? So also, you don't know, you're going to be doing YouTube, but you're also now going to be the new recipient of these things that are called loosely dad jokes. No, Dan, I think think the dad jokes are only making appearances on the podcast. I think that's going to be just a podcast special. Uh, We might have to. Let's hope. Those to her. You dodged a bullet. Well, I'll, tell you, uh, I'll tell you what else. Let me ask you another question. How do spiders go into battle? How do spiders go into battle? Very well armed. Oh, oh, oh we're so proud. Oh, we got the- oh, he's so proud. <laughs> he is. I love it. He I is so it. proud. So again. Uh, For a meal. Know- <laughs> <laughs> She's going to definitely need to speak to Dan to learn how to deal with me. Because um, if anyone's mastered it, it's definitely Dan. But yeah, so I'll make sure if you need any advice, that's where you go. He Just like it. that, we had a new opening for somebody to do YouTube. <laughs> if you're alive, but nah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'm. I'm again. I'm excited to introduce Emil to uh, to us. Uh, Emil, before you get out of here, please let everybody know where to find you until it's time to find you on the YouTube channel. Where can they find you? They want to check for out. Sure. Our I mean. Number. Right now, the, my my most busy platform is uh, Instagram. I am at Emil Enchanted, Emil underscore Enchanted. And I basically cover kind of like the same approach we're having for the YouTube channel, not just the theme parks, but also just like Central Florida and beyond. Um, you know, I recently hit up Bush Gardens for the first time. I had never been. I'm a little bit of a theme park you know, adrenaline junkie. So like I was over there hitting those rides, having a blast. So stuff like that. But obviously Disney girl to the core. I am a little like side chick to Universal, Slytherin, Slytherin representing, y'all I'm saying. Um, you gotta bring the hood to the Slytherin and that's what I do. <laughs> I'm just kidding, just kidding. No, but for real. So love me some Universal. Like if we do Horror Nights, it's going to be ridiculous. Or it's just going to be off the hook. Chicken ever. That's going to be hilarious. Uh, I've never done it. It's the 30th anniversary. So yes, uh, Instagram and yeah, follow my ridiculous adventures because that's usually what goes down in my channel. <laughs> I know I know. one thing that you did that we're going to have to have you redo because I want to definitely do it on our YouTube is we have to cover Sangria University. Ooh, that was so fun. At, um, and at Coronado Springs. For like Disney alcohol, like I was impressed. I left a little sideways with Sangria University. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I was I was pleasantly surprised. It was super fun and like super tasty. It was great. And it's so beautiful. It's at Coronado over there. It's just it was great. It was great. So yeah, no, hey, I'm I'm down to do it again. Cool. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right. So Emil, I want to say as my voice cracks, I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. And I will see you in a few days to go over a bunch of other stuff. We're gonna be doing some promotional uh photo stuff and yes, sir. just getting ready and, and uh kind of game planning what we're gonna do once the, once our YouTube channel launches in about a month or so. So Emil, Can't thanks wait. for coming in for a few minutes and thanks uh, for having me. It's so good to meet you guys. Yeah, I'm you sure too. We'll be talking meeting more you. Soon. Yeah, nice meeting you. 
Emil, I'll, I'll see you, night, guys. you too. Welcome. I'll see you later, Emil. All right. So, guys, that is Emil. You'll get to meet some of the other people that are going to be on the show or on the on the YouTube in the next few weeks. Although I won't, I'll announce it now. I won't be here for the next possibly two to three shows, at least two shows, maybe a third show. Uh, I got to go back to New York and take care of some stuff. But Dan, the show is in great hands. Um, oh, that's usually when the ratings go up. Yeah, that's what I understand. <laughs> Although I'll tell you what does go down. No good dad jokes. Yeah. So, but you know what? It is what it is. I'll brass. Maybe there will be. Maybe there will be. Maybe there will be. But I'll tell you what, I'll definitely bring a whole new level of of dad jokes when I return. But yeah, how's how's everybody else doing? We're doing good. Pretty good. It was a crazy week. (laughs) Has anybody checked out any of the new the new uh episodes of Behind the Attractions yet? No, I have not. No, I watched the original and then that was the the original five, I think it was, and then I haven't (laughs) seen the new ones. Yeah, I I haven't yet. Guys, I want to say happy birthday because last week was Zoe's birthday on the 26th, Aww. which was National Dog Day. So I would be Aww. remiss if I did not shout her out, Zoe, and say happy birthday to her. Uh, she turned 10 on National Dog Day last Thursday. Nice. Um, isn't it? Isn't that funny how things turn out? It's actually, she was meant to be. <laughs> um, that's my baby. And uh, other than that, who else is excited for Dog Days? Have you guys seen the, the trailer for this yet? I haven't seen the trailer. I saw the preview. Like I the, did. It was cute. It, it's, I can't wait. It's going to be it's they took be so long to do this. I yeah. know, right? I haven't even seen the latest uh, What If. I meant to do it last time. But I fell asleep. I was about to start it too. Like I said, I've been stuck on Narcos, man. It's, I've been I'm addicted to Narcos. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's fantastic. But yeah. we do have a, we have some Disney news to get to, so let's head over to Disney news. Okay, so that brings us to this week's Disney Disney news. So let's kick it over to Joey and Sam for uh, to get us started. What do we got this week, guys? Well, there is a new Haunted Mansion Funko Pop launched by Wallet available at Memento Mori in the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. This wallet is covered in grim, grinning ghosts in their Funko Pop forms. The inside of the wallet has room for your credit cards and for your identification, and it has the Pop logo embossed in it. The Haunted Mansion Funko Pop wallet can be yours for only $50, and it's just in time for Halloween. I actually haven't seen it. Is it? Have you guys seen it? I've seen it. I think it's the print that's on the hat that you uh-huh. saw. But I will say, I do like it as an alternative, though, that it's zippered. Because okay. some people, they're not just taking card, you know, and to have a zippered wallet kind of would add some security a little bit for like receipts or whatever they're doing. So but is I, it like, like a wristlet type of thing? No, it, it didn't look like it had a wristlet. It looked like I, it could fit in your hand like a regular wallet. Mm-hmm. And, it, and then it unzipped and then flipped open. On one side, I think was ID, and the other side was cards. Okay, but I like the fact that you could zip it closed. I like that because I use those card holders a lot yeah, when we go do. to Disney. But I do like to keep some cash with me, and it's kind of tight sometimes in that thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what I do is I put my cards in it, put my money down in like a money clip. I pull that snap strap over the money. Also, a guest favorite attraction has officially reopened in Epcot. Turtle Talk with Crush has now. Now reopen. So stop over and gather around the window to the ocean and have a conversation with everybody's favorite sea turtle. Just a continuation of all the stuff opening. Mm. Yeah, who, you you never done it before, Dan? I no. think you'd get a kick out of it, man, because you love all that comedy stuff, man. You would you would have fun in that. Yeah, but the one thing I'll say is sometimes that forced comedy stuff I don't like. Yeah, I hear you. I, th- I you know what is to me like yeah, but this like, one. I don't. Yeah. Sorry, I don't dad mean to cut you off. <laughs> oh, excuse me. It is. It is really I don't think it's really forced though, because no. most of the yeah. time he's, he's usually they're talking to the they're pulling kids out and asking mm-hmm. questions. And the thing with kids, you never know what the hell they're gonna say. You should. You yeah. Know, some of the stuff they do is funny. Yeah. And no, I'm not saying that's why I had gone 
watch it. I'm talking more about like the Monsters Inc. show, you know, ah, the I Laughing Floor. Or some I can't remember what it's called. It's it's, yeah, it's called the Laughing like Floor. that. I, I shy away from. No, I I know that he talks to kids, but I just I've never been over there. I don't know why. It's just it's have pretty, you done it's pretty cute. Even to see what? the uh, my favorite part over there is the the no, no. the huge aquarium. There is just massive. Yeah, aquarium. I think it's cool, especially if you go upstairs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's really cool. And every once in a while, you'll see the divers in there feeding the. Uh, you know, you'll see the dolphin yeah. and, and other stuff they're doing. It, that's what they had Mickey in the in there too. They did Mickey recently. They did. Oh, I know Dan would have went yeah. nuts for that. Yeah. yeah, 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 and the scuba diving, scuba diving, Mickey. Which, how is that even possible? Like, all right, like, how do they do, how do they do that? I don't know. I, I mean, who knew a mouse could scuba dive? But I guess Mickey can do anything. There you I go. think if they can pull off Rise of the Resistance, I think they can pull off. Yeah, they can. <laughs> That's a great point. That's a great point. Well, well guys, guys, this is right. it. This was the one that stumped us. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, well, they can pull that right off at least half the time because the other half it's never working. Right. So. Also, as reported last week, Disney has announced that they will be closing another 57 Disney stores, which will only leave 25 stores open in North America after September 15. But in a bit of good news, Target has announced that they will be bringing its Disney store shops to 160 more locations in the United States. The Disney store shops will include expanded Disney merchandise, including bubble wands, plush, clothing, and even selected items from Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, I saw this. It's interesting. They've closed so many stores, but I guess they're popping up everywhere in Targets now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, yet. I mean, I haven't the, seen it in real life. I've seen a couple. You know, I like it only because I love going into a place and seeing a huge display of all Disney stuff. So, it, you know, there's a ton of merch. They have it, the one at the Target over here in, in, in Winter Garden. I love Tar- Target's one of my favorite stores to go to in general. So to mix Target and Disney up, it's kind of a dangerous combination for me. So I'll go there sometimes. And I literally have to, I fill up my cart and then I literally have to say, okay, you don't need any of this stuff. And then I just, I put everything away, but I, I put it in the cart, like I'm shopping to kind of get it out of my system. And then I just put it back. Oh, Gene, you're just like, well, wow. <laughs> Am I a little amped up today? Yes, geez. Yeah. Sorry, I'm in a good mood today. I'm in a good mood. It's the Wu-Tang shirt. I just take, I, I take that, I take yeah. <laughs> I put it in the garden. It's get, the Wu-Tang shirt. I'm telling you. It's always 10 years old. On? Well, I'm, I'm curious to know what type of merchandise because I like going into the Disney store and looking at my launch fly bag. So I'm wondering if that's even a possibility if they would bring some launch fly. I haven't seen any I, launch flies. I doubt it. I doubt it. It's a ton of shirts, mugs. Um, but I could see him polish. testing things. Yeah, you, know, you never know down the road. Out of there. That's a good point. It's well, possible. they did that with the designers. Remember when Target was doing fancy designers for a week? They had, you know, they did Zach Posen for a month. Yeah. And, you know, so maybe they'll bring in one item as a feature. Who knows? Hopefully. I mean, from the pictures, I mean, it did seem like a lot, but you never know what the quality is of the items in there. Is it more like, because Target talks a lot of Disney stuff right now. They do. Yeah. 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 So hopefully it's actually more park oriented kind of stuff like a lot of the stuff popped up in uh, I, the Disney stores themselves um, it's not so, I, I didn't notice that much park stuff really to be honest with you but it's a lot of it's like a lot of it's like a it's a section just dedicated to Disney stuff Disney merch alright what else we got as Walt Disney World gets back to how things were pre-pandemic they announced that they will no longer have the Princess Cavalcade or any others at Epcot don't worry you will still be able to see your favorite princesses but now they have been placed throughout the parks 
to greet guests from a safe distance. Take a walk through the World Showcase where the princesses have returned to their countries for socially distanced greets. Yeah, no, I'm uh, excited. Each each week, you see a little bit more and more getting, you know, coming to uh, back to normal. So what else we got? Um, all right. Disneyland's Halloween party, Oogie Boogie Bash, uh, is returning to Disneyland California Adventure in a couple weeks. Disney just announced that the new villains will be out during the event. That's kind of like Captain Obvious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, but it's like, of course it is. Um, their Instagram post says, Villains Unite. We're welcoming three new villains this year to to uh, this year's Oogie Boogie Bash, a Disney Halloween party, immersive treat trails. And then it says, can you guess who? It seems like guests will be seeing Sid from Toy Story, Cruella DeVille, which is Gene's favorite movie, Agatha Harkis from WandaVision. So I, I had seen that. The, the cryptic video Disneyland posted alludes to these. So that'll be pretty cool to see. I mean, those are different, very different, especially yeah. Agatha from, you know, from WandaVision and then and then Sid is not something you think you're going to see. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they, they, they bring it down with the whole Cruella thing. Well, I figured you were looking forward to that most. Nah, not really. I've got to be honest. So we'll doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> of course. So rubbish. Absolute up. rubbish. That's oh okay. God. Next up, Disneyland has announced the that Big Thunder Mountain Railroad will be closing for refurbishment. It's a perfect time to do it for the holidays, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's Disneyland, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> not, not our problem. Yeah, exactly. Oh, good luck, you <laughs> idiots. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the refurbishment is expected to start on September 7th, and it will end sometime in the fall. Well, at least they'll get it done, uh, I'm guessing, at the end of December, yeah. uh, fall of 20, uh, 2021. So we'll keep an eye out for an exact date that Big Thunder Mountain Railroad will be open. Yeah, I mean, hey. It's got to be a short one, right? I well, mean, if they're going to, yeah, if they're closing it now or soon, and then they're going to open, it's going to really still reopen in the next couple months. Yeah, it's probably nothing major. But not as concerning, though, as Disney World with the big celebration. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. All right. Next up, Disney World announced the return of the Fairytale Fireworks, a sparkling dessert cruise at the Magic Kingdom starting on September 18th. The cruise takes place aboard one of the Seven Seas Lagoon ferry boats, and it'll cost $99 for adults, $69 for children. So guests will be able to dine on cupcakes, pie, tarts, and specialty drinks with and without alcohol. So while viewing, and you can do this while you're viewing the fireworks. As of right now, reservations are only available through September 29th, and the cruise will definitely be a great way to check out the final performances of the Happily Ever After fireworks show. All right, next up, uh, Disneyland Park and Disney's California Adventure have announced that they'll be reducing their hours as of October 4th. So both parks will continue to open at 8 a.m., but Disneyland Park will close at 10 p.m. instead of 11, and California Adventure will close at 8 instead of 10. Two hours knocked off there. Disney's California Adventure will be closing at 6 on select days for the Oogie Boogie Bash. So, And that's what I've got for news. All right, so let's kick it over to Steph. Okay, here we this go. Is even funnier when I'm not there. <laughs> it is. It's, it's weird to you guys in different screens. It really it is. is. It's kind of weird. It's throwing it's, me off. Yeah, it's just yeah it is me. weird. It I don't is like weird. it. I don't like it either. But hey, I've got some great news, you guys, because Disney Plus has announced that they have ordered a new series that is that is inspired by Jules Verne's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. The new live action series will consist of 10 episodes and it will be called Nautilus. Nautilus will tell the origin of the story of Captain Nemo and the Nautilus and it's set to start filming in early 2022. Wow, it kind of looked like you memorized it. I didn't. <laughs> I'm I'm nervous about this because it sounds 
cool. awesome, but I'm afraid that it, it's almost like too good to be true. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't think so. I think they're going to nail it. I hope so. I mean, other side, I hope the they park. do. I think they're going to knock uh, it I hope they do. Um, I'm excited. You know, that's always the one thing, too. Like, I feel like it's like one of those movies. We always think about like some of the old classic movies that are like just lost in time. Like, they don't really ever really bring up anymore. I feel like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea is one of them. You just yeah. never see it anywhere. You never hear about it. It's like a forgotten movie. And the shame of it is it's a classic. So to never really see it anywhere or hear about it anywhere, I'm glad they're doing something with it. Was as That's a kid, totally much true, though, Gene. That what's funny about that movie is that they do hint around about that movie a lot with merchandise. They just don't do yep. anything with the actual movie. Well, yeah, fair enough. Kind of weird. Fair right. enough. But this I, I love. So I'm hoping, again, and that's only what scares me because I have nothing else really to base it on. There's nothing else ever been done in that in that realm since the movie itself and the little pieces of merch here and there. I'm really excited to see what this might be because I think it could be huge. I, I'm Listen, with new technology, it's going to look great. You know that. Yeah, but sometimes, let's face it, sometimes new technology for certain things isn't like, isn't always, isn't always what it's cracked up to be. Like, think about if Jaws. We were talking about Jaws before. If they ever, hey, we're going to do a remake of Jaws. Jaws. You know what I'm saying? Like, with the technology, they can a great new Jaws, but like it'll feel like just a random shark movie at that point. Yeah. So I don't know. Will technology? I feel like if they ever redid Jaws, like give me a sequel or a reboot. Don't give me a remake of Jaws. It what made that one great was what was that originalness of it. So I'm hoping that even though there's, you're right, they could do okay. so much more with this, okay. but will it get cheesy because of that? I don't know. What about what about Tron? I didn't like the Tron movies. Well, I don't care what you like. I'm just telling you, the new tech it looked amazing. Oh, maybe I'm <laughs> Tron. Listen, you know what? I'll tell you what, though. Some of the best CGI work I've seen it was the uh, the dog you scene in Cruella. apologize for being rude. Uh, the dog scene in Cruella had some of the best CGI work I've ever seen. Right, that No, that was horrible. <laughs> it was the worst CGI I've ever seen. I know, I'm just messing uh, with uh, It's that bad. Listen, they were able to take a ride like Jungle Cruise and make a full-blown movie out of it. Well, and yeah, it turned out, Jungle Cruise it, is phenomenal. And it turned out really good. They took a ride like Pirates of the Caribbean and they made an entire series out of it, of movies out of it, which turned out, for the most part, really good. I love Pirates. Yeah, but Joey, aside from those tiny movies no one's seen, give me some more examples. <laughs> listen, listen, not, they're not always going to be hits. Derek Jeter strikes out every once in a while. Listen, they're not always going to put out hits. Sometimes they're going to have a dud like Cruella. It's going to happen. I think the 20,000 Leagues would actually be pretty cool. I hope so. I I, think, I just, I'm just nervous. I'm really so excited about it is why I'm nervous. But when you think about it, we're, we're not really seeing anything really with the original anyway i mean it's yeah. a really good opportunity so it might just be like a possibly true. reignite it yeah true and you know what they'll probably be i bet you 75 percent of the kids out there won't even realize that it's because of that we'll have this because of Twenty Thousand leagues they'll think it's something new all on its own yeah so. which is good yeah i have true. faith i, I yeah you know, again i just i'm Why so excited about it i will i will Steffi. I, you're right i should Jeez. i'm just so excited about it it's like i'm just scared that because i've been waiting for them to do something with it so we'll see yeah I hear you. I just know that a lot of the stuff they've done recently has been decent to good. So I agree. I agree. You know. I just, you know, I'm just hoping that it's, it's going to be that good. But all right, Steph. It's good now that I said that. Okay. Hey, <laughs> let's talk uh, Disney princess news. In Disney princess news, Shop Disney's Ultimate Princess Celebration Hotline will launch on August 23rd. This time with an all new recorded messages from live Disney princess characters who can be reached by contacting 1-877-70-D-I-S-N-E-Y and two frozen queens, Anna and Elsa, who can be heard only by visiting shopdisney.com. Okay. You like that? I like that. Yeah. Are you guys going to call? 
Yeah. Here's here's oh, what yeah. I'll say about it. I think it, it obviously goes to a different crowd, but if they want to expand this into some other characters, I would gladly be calling that line. Absolutely. All right. I like yeah. the idea. I think it's I think it's kind of a fun throwback. I think it's a cute idea too. I like I that, that kind of thing. I just hope like Dan says, I hope they expand on it. Dan's right. Why not expand on it? Why only have just a handful of characters, just the princesses? There's a yeah. lot of other a lot of other characters. Unless sometimes, you know, maybe it's hard because they have to get into contract with certain people, like you know, maybe they can't get Gilbert Godfrey to do Yago. Maybe they can't get to, you know, there's certain right. characters they might not be able to do because of that. You can't give another, you know, you don't want another voice to be part of. So maybe that's the only reason. And let's face it, for Disney princesses, they can kind of they can kind of come up with just a, a voice that sounds like that would this person would sound like and get away yeah. with it. Actually, I know Dan was just saying about different characters, but Joel just mentioned the uh the bedtime, the Disney bedtime you could call in. They started it in 2020. So I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I mean, oh, yeah. you got it's something like Santa Claus, I guess, but they did it with princesses here, but then they got uh, bedtime things for the kids. That's pretty cool. True. That's yeah. very true. All right, Steph, All right. what else we got? The greatest piece of news ever is the Dapper Dans will be returning to Main Street USA at Disneyland after a 17-month absence due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The Barbershop Quartet, which actually has 12 members with only four performing at a time, started rehearsals on August 24th to get ready for their return to Disneyland on September 3rd. The Dapper Dans are prepping songs, jokes, and dance numbers for Halloween time. John Glaudini, who is Disney Live Entertainment producer, music producer, has said, they sound great. They are masters of this music. It's wonderful to come back and hear that it is just as vibrant. Amen. Amen. Cool. Yep. Hey, by the way, real quick, because just like what Joel put in the in the chat, we might want to mm-hmm. give that that information because he's basically got the actual the hotline number and who's on it and stuff. I know we just talked about it, and I know Stephanie jumped to the next thing. Oh yeah, there. you're right. So uh, for the you talking about for the bed, bedtime hotline? Yeah, I mean if we're yeah. talking about it, yeah, you know you might be what I called. I'm guessing that's probably it. Oh, you know what? That does sound familiar. The whole bedtime thing. I feel like I remember seeing that. Oh, but yeah, you can call one eight seven 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 M I C K E Y, and then you're going to follow the prompts and you're going to get to choose to hear a special message from one of five classic Disney characters, Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, Donald Duck, Daisy Duck, and Goofy. So there you go. Yeah, because I remember saying to Steph, how was this Donald Duck message very relaxing to go to sleep? It was just like intense. Because <laughs> it's Donald Duck, you know? Yeah, yeah that's a good point. All right. What else we got, Steph? All right. Basin in Disney Springs has four new bath bombs that are now available. The new bath bombs are inspired by Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Daisy, each with a different scent that is inspired by their personality. Mickey's scent is cherry watermelon. Minnie's is clementine. Donald's is lemon, sugar honey, and lemongrass. And Daisy's is a blend of berries. The bath bombs also feature the iconic colors for each character. I love these little things. When I think of Minnie, I don't think of Clementines. What do you think of? I don't, I don't know. I feel like she'd be better as, as berries, you know, than Daisy. I don't know. I don't, I don't think of... Hazel. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But with Minnie, I don't think of citrusy kind of stuff. I don't know. I love that this is Gene's complaint. <laughs> it's not a complaint. I'm just saying. That's why like, I got to put him on the spot. He's like, you know what? How about, like a, how about for Minnie, it could be like a, a vanilla lavender. It's got to be something sweet and pretty. Clementines. I love Clementines. Don't get me wrong. I love Clementines. But, you know. Well, why isn't daisies smell like daisies? And that's another great point. That is actually a really good point. Why, why isn't it not a daisy? I'm boycotting this. I'm telling you right now. 
I'm out. I'm actually gonna. When is it? When is is this out? Because I actually want to go check this out before I head back up to New York. Maybe buy him some for uh, for Zoe for when she takes a bath. Oh my! I can't with you. You thought I was gonna say. You thought I was gonna say. I know you thought I was gonna say Jessica. She's got enough bath bombs. She's Bring fine. Your bath time together. Yep. Me and Zoe. I can't wait to see her. I miss her so much. How you about have, uh... you miss Jess? Yeah, she's great. Here's what they look like. She's fine. So, uh, Dan, what do we got in the news this week? Well, the world's most magical celebration is coming, but even if you can't make it to Walt Disney World for the 50th, you can still bring home some of the merchandise fun. Shop Disney has confirmed that four merchandise collections previously announced for the celebration will be available on their website beginning on October 1st, the same day as they debut in the theme parks. The collections are the Castle Collection, Celebration Collection, Iridescent Collection, and my favorite, the Vault Collection. So an interesting run here of testing merch in two places at once. We'll see how this goes. I love I love the idea. I do too. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I, I hope it works collection, out. So I'm guessing whatever is in this collection would be full. Like it's not like the Haunted Mansion merchandise now where there's there's brand new merchandise, but there's select what's online unfortunately for me mm, yep um the vault collection is interesting because they're recreating actual old pieces of merchandise that have been out before and one of them that was funny is is an ashtray but it's not an ashtray this time so it's kind of funny how they're taking an actual ashtray i, don't, I think it's like a tin now or a pl- you know something like it but it looks just like it oh because cool. someone goes i have this it's an ashtray <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you don't see ashtrays anywhere anymore, right? And nobody can smoke inside. A lot of them. Mm. It's funny. Yeah. The Oriental Land Company will blah, will be releasing a special album that is themed to Tokyo Disney Sea's 20th anniversary Time to sh- Shine celebration. One special feature of this release will be the soundtrack to Soarin' Around the World, which is known as Soarin' Fantastic Flight in Japan. This will be the first time the Soarin' Around the World soundtrack will be available for the public to enjoy. The new album will be coming to Spotify and Apple Music on September 14th, so make sure to check it out. And they... They're reporting an album, but they don't. They didn't mention if there's actual hard copies in any format coming out. So we'll see what that. I would imagine they got to do something, but we'll see. Uh, there will be a two-hour TV special coming to ABC to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World, the most magical story on Earth. 50 years of Walt Disney World will air at 8 p.m. on October 1st, and it will be hosted by Whoopi Goldberg. The special will take viewers on a journey spanning half a century and will feature spectacular visuals and musical performances by Christina Aguilera and Halle Bailey in front of Cinderella Castle. There will also be exclusive interviews with iconic actors, actresses, athletes, and Disney Imagineers and executives. It's a long list. Um, I'm excited for the special. Kind of wish they would have just avoided the entertainment part of it. I always feel like it sucks up valuable time in a short amount of time anyway for these things. I'm guessing it's probably, what, two hours? And there's plenty to go over there, you know? And when they do some of this entertainment, it could tend to get a little cheesy. Yeah. And this is the one we were talking about on previous podcasts that Bill Gurr has an interview that's part of this. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, I'd like so. to see more than that. And again, like, listen, you know they're going to bring on 
cool entertainers, Halle, Halle Bailey, Christina Aguilera, both of them are great singers. I'm not, it's not a knock on them at all. I'd rather just see it be more of, of just, you know, I mean, and I get it. I know they're, I know they're both Disney, you know, one, one's going to be in Disney films. Another one is, um, was a, was a former Mouseketeer. I would just rather see it just be like more like stuff with the parks in general, not have like entertainers from outside or yeah, with Disney because, history. Because we know we're getting those shows. They're, they're there every year. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. you either love those or you're just you're kind of not interested in those shows. So it's like, mm-hmm. hey, you got those bases covered. This is a pretty special occasion. I just don't feel we need that music in there. Or if we do, it should be more iconic somehow. Yeah, not, not new. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even. Yeah. Show us uh, something uh, that we may never have seen before. I get what you're saying. It's almost like we don't need it. Sometimes if you need to draw in a crowd, you bring some big guns out that can draw people in, but you don't need it. It's already a draw in itself. Just being what it is. You don't need to bring in people to do a performance because people are really going to show up. Two quick ones here. We talk about quick. the golden books and this is kind of interesting. There's a new one that's coming out. It's Mickey's Walt Disney World Adventure. This is a special collector's edition. And what's kind of funny about this is this came out for the 25th anniversary and those books now are going for like 50 bucks so it sounds like it's the same book but just rethemed because mickey is on the front with a drum and it's got the 50th um, logo on there now so of course i'm getting that and then the last thing i wanted to mention is new favorite of the disney movies dwayne the rock johnson has recently posted on his instagram what he likes to do he says that a lot of celebrity tour buses go by his neighborhood. And so what he likes to do is pull up in his pickup next to the bus and just stop. And he's filmed himself and posted it. And he pulls up and he's like, hey, excuse me, guys, do you know where where the rock is, where I can find the rock? And you see everybody just freak out. And I just thought it's so cool. And he drives away and he's like, you know, that's a great way to to spend my Saturday. So it's just kind of cool that he's doing that. He says, one of the cool parts of fame in my job is making a few folks happy whenever I can. So just one more reason I love that guy. I saw yeah. it. I saw the most recent one he did. It, it is actually pretty neat to see it. The people flip. Can you imagine out. if you're on oh, that funny. Any celebrity like that would just pull up. Yeah, that's so cool. I love mm-hmm. it. He does that stuff. Yeah, he's in it, man. Yeah, you he's know, the real deal. I would love to see 10, 15, 20 years from now. He he make himself to a Disney legend. Hopefully, being involved with more projects. Obviously, this is he's got a franchise on his hands now. So hopefully, there'll be even more stuff. I mean, he's producing stuff on Disney Plus. He's got the Jungle yeah. Book, which is like I said. I'm sorry, Jungle Cruise, which is going to be a franchise from what it seems. So hopefully there'll be even more stuff where he'll be just, I mean, he's got the perfect personality to, I mean, it's why he's always been excelled in everything he's done is because it, it's strictly personality, right? I mean, I guess, I guess Stephanie and, and, and Sam can tell us if it's his looks too, but, but it's Stephanie's it personality. It, yeah. <laughs> that winning smile, right? But, um, yes. <laughs> but you know, yeah, he's got like the perfect personality to really represent any brand. So I think it's, I think it's a perfect combination to be involved with Disney. It'd be great for Disney and it's going to be great for The Rock. All right, man. Thanks, guys, for the news. Let me go into some of my news. First up, Letitia Wright was injured on the set of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. A spokesperson from Marvel Studios said that Letitia Wright sustained minor injuries today while filming a stunt for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. She's currently receiving care in a local hospital.
hospital and is expected to be released soon. So far, there has been no mention of what type of injury she had, but production on the film is not expected to be delayed. We wish her a very speedy and quick recovery. So yeah, I didn't I didn't hear nothing else about it other than the fact that she just got hurt. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's anything serious. It's probably going to be like a day or two or something like it seems like. Hopefully it's nothing too crazy. You know, if you look at how uh, Indiana Jones kind of got derailed for, for a while because of um, Harrison Ford getting hurt, I don't think it's quite that level, you know? Mm-hmm. Plus, if it was anything serious, they wouldn't be able to like, people would have found out. Somebody would have known, right? I think a lot of times they throw these stories out to kill anybody putting out a story that it means something else like just recently paul stanley from kiss everyone's saying he had a heart attack and now they're saying hey he just got covid he's they're canceling some shows put the story out to kill it right away just put everybody mm-hmm. at ease yeah yeah, yeah. Really very, very, uh, happy birthday to gene simmons by the way yeah happy belated another gene from long island was so good we're all awesome, I think. Probably the best. Wow. Well, one of the best. One of the best. Anyway, Disney has released more information on how to uh, do the virtual queue and how it will work for Remy's Ratatouille Adventure when it opens on October 1st. Board groups for the attraction will be available at 7 a.m. and 1 p.m. on the My Disney Experience app. Guests will be able to enter the virtual queue once per day, and you must have valid park admission and an Epcot Park Pass, uh, which is, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing as Rise of the Resistance at Hollywood Studios, so it's really not no surprise on on how that'll work. So also over at Disney's Hollywood Studios, there have been a couple of dining locations that have now reopened. Dockside Diner and Tune-In Lounge have now both reopened. The Dockside Diner has a revamped menu that includes three new entrees, a blue sea margarita and a seaside brownie. Tune-In Lounge has also reopened, but they are not currently serving food. Guests can enjoy a variety of specialty cocktails while in the lounge, but you can only stand around because the stools have been removed. All right, what else we got? Guests who have purchased a magic key for Disneyland and who are staying at Disneyland Resort Hotels will still be limited to the number of park reservations allowed for their level of magic key. In the past, annual pass holders were allowed to have three park passes, but if they were staying at Disneyland Resort, they could get a park pass for each day of their stay. This is no longer the case with the Magic Key program. Just as a reminder, guests that have an Imagine key, an Imagine Magic Key can have two park passes at a time. Enchanted Magic Key can have four passes at a time. Believe and Dream Magic Keys can both have six park passes at a time. So, um, I mean, I guess I'm not really surprised. I kind of figured they would do something like this. I would hate it if, if I'm in that predicament where I'm there and I want to be able to make sure I have all my days where I know where I'm going for my trip because that's usually the thing that thing you already like to have lined up, you know, months in advance. Um, so that's kind of difficult, but yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's the new normal. We're gonna have to kind of figure it out and deal with it, you know? Yeah. So, but, uh, all right. So with that, let's head over to, uh, the, this week's most magical five. It's the most magical five. Okay, and welcome to another edition of The Most Magical Five. And this week we have a special, special guest, author Aaron H. Goldberg. He's like a true Disney historian. If any of you have, haven't seen the books yet, get them. You're going to get a, a boatload of just Disney knowledge of, and Disney history. And uh, let's, let's welcome him to the show. Aaron, how you doing? I'm well. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Uh, thank you for joining us. I'm really excited about this. Um, I love the fact that you put these books out with this, with all this Disney history and this Disney knowledge. In fact, later on, we'll, we'll talk about your top five Disney history facts. You know, before we get into everything with that, I know you're from the Northeast like myself. So how did the guy from the Northeast fall in love with Disney the way you did? I think it all sort of goes back to Walt. I feel like, you know, most of us growing up, we are exposed to Disney early and often, cartoons, movies, you name it. Um, so we, we sort of, you know, our childhood, you know, goes hand in hand with Disney. And if we're lucky enough, we, we get to go to the parks, we go to Disneyland or Walt Disney World. Um, so, I, you know, I sort of took that same course. And then I guess, you know, teenage 
early 20s, you know, that kind of thing. You know, I sort of drifted away. And then when I get back to the parks as an adult, I sort of see everything in a different light. And I just was fascinated with, you know, all things Walt Disney. And I, I was just sort of in all that, like, you know, for the most part, everything we're seeing here comes from one man's, mm-hmm. you'd say one man's dream, but one man's mind. And I just became fascinated with Walt, started to read and do research and get, try to get my hands on anything and everything I could about the man. Um, and then it just sort of evolved from there. Cool. And how often do you get to the parks? Um, I'm at Walt Disney World often. I'm at Walt Disney World a lot. Pre-COVID every month, post-COVID every couple months. Um, Disneyland, you know, I'm, since I'm on the East Coast, I'm lucky if it's once a year or once every couple years. Um, I actually just took a trip out to Marceline, Missouri and, and saw the hometown. Uh, that was really cool. It's a beautiful town and it's just, just like a really, just a cool town. Just, uh, really fun. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, being somebody from the Northeast or either actually being on any, either of the coasts, you know, we're not used to, you know, how, I guess, how isolated or how small townish it really is. Yeah. Um, it was beautiful. It was quiet. Like I, I, you know, I remarked to a bunch of people, this is like a, you know, come here, retire and, and just hang <laughs> out. And there's like no crime. I think the population when I was there was like 2000 people. Wow. Um, I also did a, I did a quick stop in Kansas city since it wasn't too far and I went to see the laughogram studio and that oh, was wow. kind of in bad shape. Now I know, I think they have the, the, I think that it's like a museum, like in San Francisco or something like that. Right. For Disney. Yes. The, the, the home, the family museum. So it's Walt's, it was started by Walt's daughter. And now her children, Walt's grandchildren, basically run the show. And it's a, I've yet to visit, but it, it's supposed to be amazing. I've been, you know, I went online. I did a bunch of Zoom things and a bunch of, uh, you know, they're online. They feature online. It's 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 really amazing. They have, so Marceline has like a, a hometown family museum. And it has mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, as I'm sure you know, has a lot of artifacts from uh, Walt's childhood. A lot, uh, most of the collection comes from his sister, Ruth. Um, she donated so many items to the, to the museum. And the museum's a cool trip trip you know down memory lane and you can go see his see the farm that he grew up on but yeah i mean it would be uh, you know it would be so it would be really cool if they would grab the the studio the laughogram studio in kansas city because it's totally like falling apart at this point um and and either like move it to the family museum or move it to the hometown museum or sort mm-hmm. of put things together it kind of be a neat little uh, uh spot because people would love to see those things i know yeah i think so too i mean it's 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 a piece of not just disney history but just american in culture history absolutely it should have a special a special place in american history yeah i, I was talking to somebody in town marceline there and he mentioned that they were trying to they were hoping to get the Henry Ford Museum to take the Kansas City studio. And they said, basically, we're like, you know, number brick by brick, brick by brick, and we will take it down and re, you know, put it back together, you know, on our grounds. They have like um, Edison's buildings. They have a bunch of historical buildings on their property. Uh, and they would they would have loved to have put it there. And, you know, they said, you know, we get, you know, how many tens of thousands of people a year come through here, whereas, you know, Marceline doesn't get a ton of people, obviously, and neither does Kansas City for that studio. So it would have been a, a cool thing to see it all together. Yeah, it would have definitely. I think so, too. So, you know, you, you mentioned that you, you're mostly on Disney World. You get to Disneyland sometimes. Have you ever seen any of the other parks in Asia and, and or Disneyland Paris? Have you seen them yet? No, bucket list stuff. I would love yeah. to go um, Hong Kong. Uh, I, I would love to see them all. Um, yeah. But yeah, but the Asian parks to be, or, you know, even Paris. I mean, I would just love, they're, they're all so cool. I, you know, I sit and watch them on YouTube and it's fascinating to me. Disney World or Disneyland, which one do you prefer? Do you prefer the old original or do you prefer the the, oh. the big the big uh, Coliseum in, in Florida? That's a, that's a good question. I, I, you know, I think I would, I would say 
Disneyland just because it was Walt's, you know, it was Walt's park. Mm. Like it's sort of, it's a totally different vibe there, although it's, you know, cramped. And I, I don't always think that the experience is as good as Walt Disney World in the sense that, you know, there's so much more room. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as crowded, but I, you can't beat, you know, as, as they say, walking in Walt's footsteps. In Florida, would you say, which is your favorite of the four parks in Florida? You know, I, I, I know it's in a bad state of, state of affairs at the moment, but I could just sit at Epcot and listen to the background music. Yeah, right. I mean, I don't really need, I mean, I know that it's not what it was and what I remember as a kid and things like that, but I don't know. I just, I just love the vibe of, of Epcot. I could just sit there and, and oftentimes I do. I just literally just sit and watch people go by and good people watching and good background mm-hmm. music. And yeah, yeah. I, I hear I was there on, uh, I got there for food and wine and I did the same thing. I just at times just sat down on the bench and just, just relaxed, found a nice shady area in the bed on a bench and just. Yep. And just sat there and, and just people watched. I love it. You can't beat that. I mean, it's just, it it doesn't feel like a trip if you don't go to, to Magic Kingdom and just like sh- do the same thing and stroll down Main Street. Like I could sit mm-hmm. and just do the same thing. And But yeah, I mean, it, I, I, to me, Magic Kingdom does feel like Disney and Disney World, but there's just something about Epcot. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And you know what too, with, with even taking it back to Magic Kingdom, Main Street, it literally takes me like an hour or so just to get from the gate to Tomorrowland just because I want to stop in all the shops and the confectionery when that's open. And there's so many cool little little trinkets, you know, even if I know I'm not going to buy anything, just walking in those all those shops, I, I it's one of my favorite parts about being in the Magic Kingdom. Them, you know, I, you know, it's funny because I think all too often we rush through mm-hmm. Main Street to get to wherever we want to go. And I think it's interesting. I think it's cool that you said you went, you go right. Cause I also go to the right. And I've had conversations with people I'm like, no, you never go right. You're supposed to go left. And I'm like, <laughs> no, nah, I never, I don't know what it is. I never go left. I, I always do Tomorrowland first. That's the um, same thing. And somebody, I, I had a conversation and they put up a Twitter poll about, it. I don't remember what it, you know, what it, where it went, but yeah, it's funny that somebody was like, no, you never go right. I'm like, I always go right. Come on. I, I, my, my deal is I go right. I go on the people mover. The first thing I do to kind of get my bearings and then, uh, and then it's, it's, it's space mountain carousel of progress. And then I just make my way around. I so, do basically do the same thing. Yep. That people yeah. mover is essential. Like that's where you get your little, get your little break before you really get going. Yep. Maybe I might get a coffee at the Joffrey's right there first. I might do that sometimes too. Yep. Because uh, sometimes that Starbucks line is, is out the door. So oh, it's get, brutal. Yeah, it's hard to get that Starbucks. But um, so I, I might do the Joffrey's that's right there, by, right in front of Space Mountain. And then I get on the uh, the people mover and I kind of just game plan what I want to do for like the 10 minutes that I'm on on the people mover, get off. And then I, I go on with my day and I go from there. So yeah, I mean, my routine. That's that's same here. I know it's like the pe- people mover is what it is, but I don't know. Like if I'm bummed out when it's not working, yeah, like right? I, I, I'm truly, you know, I look forward to, you know, I'm, I'm that guy that will sit there and when we pull in, ask to go again, not even get out and just ask to go for two because yeah, I mean, I love it that much. Yeah. You know, it's, it's definitely one of those rides too, that I don't think anybody really misses until it's gone. And it was, and it was gone for so long, yep. not that long ago that I think people started getting nervous. Like, is it coming back? Because like, what could have happened that it's gone so long, you know, yep, but totally. It, it's it's such a nostalgic ride for me, and you know it's it's funny as we all have these ways that we go through the park. We all have our designated ways that we go. Like when I go to Magic Kingdom, I have a way that I go, and I go that same route every time. When I go to Epcot, I go that same route every time. I feel like more times than not, people always have that route that they go every time they're in the park. It's just because it's maybe it's tradition or just yeah ritualistic, whatever it may be. But I yeah. have my ways that when I go into Epcot, I always know I, I go through the International Gateway. I go to I go over the bridge and I go to France first, and then so it, it's it's same thing with with every other park. I think everybody has that same thing too you know i do i go the same way i rarely go mexico i almost always you know i don't always yeah i I don't know what it is with maybe it's like my because i'm right-handed i don't know yeah yeah, that's (laughs) that's funny 
always go France first. And then sometimes, sometimes if the, if the, if you get there early enough, when uh, the world showcase showcases, no, but future world is, I just go and I just get my breakfast in France, get my, you know, my little pastry or my, my, my sandwich. And then I'll go, I'll go, then I'll go the other way if I have to, but typically that's the way I always go. Yeah. That's, it's, it's, that's funny. We're like creatures of habit get yeah. into this routine and then that's it. Yep. it because it becomes nostalgia for you. It's, you don't know any other way to do it. You know, it's like routine. Nope. So let's uh, let's talk about these books, man. You got a, you got sure. a, a handful of books, and I, what I like I said, what I love about them is it's all like just Disney history, just nostalgia. And if, if there's any people that and that's the thing too with, with Disney is I think a lot of people there's such a craze for for the history of Disney. If they haven't seen these books yet, they got to go check out the website and, and and go and go purchase some of these books. But um, what where did everything stem from? Like where did you? finally decided to put pen to paper and become an author about about this? I've always been like a pretty voracious reader. To, I have a bachelor's and a master's in anthropology. I've sort of always been looking at things like through a cultural component or a historical component or a little bit of both. And Disney sort of, I mean, it shapes the, the culture of the world or, or maybe not so much now, but it definitely did. So, uh, you know, I basically read everything I could read or everything that I found. I read all the books and, you know, I thought there was a lot more that, you know, sort of needed to be out there. And I looked for I, I just as I was reading and doing research, I just would accumulate these stories that I thought were pretty remarkable or were kind of forgotten. And I figured, you know what, I'm going to do so. So the you know the book that sort of set me on my way is called the Disney Story, and I basically chronicle the company Walt and Mickey from the premiere of um, Mickey Mouse to the book. A book was published in 2016. So I end with the, you know, the opening of Shanghai Disneyland. I go decade by decade and I basically hit every major milestone of the company. But more so than that, I tried to incorporate like random stories or price of admission for Snow White when they went to go see the movie, like, you know, in the thirties or that, uh, like, you know, Walton a lot in so many ways was sort of like way ahead of his time. And, you know, I found. You know, in some of the articles that in 1936, he was already talking about doing television. In 1936, wow. he was talking about doing TV, which was something in Hollywood. Nobody wanted to touch television because they thought it would ruin the movie industry. So I just sort of tried to find interesting tidbits or interesting facts or things that, you know, weren't in every other book out there. And also, I wanted to have a sort of light conversational read. There's some books out that are really dense or maybe academic or, you know, I wanted to basically cover Walt's accomplishments and the company and Mickey, you know, in under 300 pages, and which is basically what I did. And then I went to a, a book called The Wonders of Walt Disney World. It's basically, it's like a walking tour of the parks. So I basically enter, we start at the Magic Kingdom and we walk down Main Street. We go right through Tomorrowland. We do the, all the parks and we go to Epcot. Then we go to um, Hollywood Studios. Then we go to the Animal Kingdom. And I basically you know, sort of give information on everything you see, the details, there's so many details as we spoke of, everywhere you look that you can miss. And I just sort of give a like a quick tour of parks, but informative, historical. Again, tried to work in some random um, subjects or, or trivia or facts. Um, I interviewed a bunch of Imagineers for that book, so I tried to get some some details that aren't really out in the world. Um, the next book is Meet the Disney Brothers. It's basically a kid's book telling the story of Walt and Roy. And then my latest book is Buying Disney's World, and I talk about how Walt Disney World came to be. The land purchases, the creation of the legislation to get the Reedy Creek Industrial District, Improvement District, and then eventually the park opens. So I sort of cover soup to nuts. I, if you if you like the way I write, I, I have a lot out there for you to read. Definitely. I, I you know what is it? It's four. Is it four books? Do I have the number right? Yes. Cool. There's actually five. There's a fifth book, but it, most Disney folks do not like this book. It's called Disney Declassified. It's all the bad things that went on. So it's accidents, deaths. It's sort of like I find that people who are not huge Disney fans enjoy the book. People who are Disney fans do not like the book. 
Okay. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I was, you can get now. You can get the other four books on your website, right? Uh, yes, you actually get them everywhere. They're Amazon, Barnes and Noble, they're Audible, they're iTunes, and literally anywhere. Target.com, Walmart.com, anywhere a book is sold, books are sold. My books are there. Um, act, actually, Barnes and Noble in store. You can actually get the Wonders of Walt Disney World in store across cool. the country as well. Cool. Now, what was the book that is your favorite or would you say is your, you're most proud of? Uh, I think Buying Disney's World is, is my favorite. Although, you know, I have a soft spot for the kids book for Meet the Disney Brothers. I, I found it really interesting in doing research that Disney's own research in 2001, around the time Walt would have turned 100, they found most kids under the age of like 10 years old didn't believe that he was a real person. They thought he was a made up character, which kind of floored me, which I thought was was kind of crazy. So I, I sort of felt like I wanted to tell that story, you know, for like the the uh, middle grade readers, you know, elementary school reader. And I also tried to bring a lot of Roy Disney into it because I feel like he's an unsung hero and all that went on. Um, so I tried to give him his due. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed, you know, Meet the Disney, um, uh, excuse me, Buying Disney's World, I think thus far is, is probably my favorite book. It sort of fills the gap on Walt Disney World history of how it all came to be. I, I know there's like, you know, everybody, not everybody, but, you know, most folks who, who follow Disney know, oh, they bought the land under, you know, Shell Corporation to hide his identity and you know things like that and but I, I I was able to access the notes from his name's Robert Foster and Robert Foster was the attorney for um, all these land purchases and I was able to access his notes and everything he did on those you know three four years of creating Walt Disney World and uh, basically tell the story from from the beginning of you know Walt has a history with Florida his you know, he had a great aunt who lived um, about an hour north of Orlando, and his oh. parents were married about an hour north of, of Orlando as well. So, I, you know, I, I sort of dive that. in. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, his, his maternal grandparents are buried about, you know, 45 miles from Walt Disney World. North. Wow, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know he had a tie to Florida up until yeah. Disney World, so that's, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, he would actually have spend summers uh, about an hour north. Yeah, with his wow. great aunt. But yeah, so I, I really, I you know, I, I have a love for Walt Disney World. I feel like it's like my home park. It's so close to me. So it, it's nice to be able to tell that story like no one else has ever told it before. Cool. Yeah. Now, now your children's book, which how, what age range would you say that would be in? It's called a middle, like mid-grade reader. So it's like elementary school. It's it's illustrated, have great illustrations in there. I, you know, believe it or not, adults buy it and really enjoy it too, which is, and I think that's kind of funny, but yeah. <laughs> It tells you know it's hey, listen if you want a quick life story of Walt Disney, mm-hmm. there it is. It's like you know you could read the book in forty five minutes. Okay, so what, so so it's like a like a preteen, uh, yes, though, right? Yeah, he's so it's so rich with history. I, it's it's a shame and almost a shock that we don't really have like you see these biopics about all these people throughout history. How do we not have like a really like a like a top notch Walt Disney biopic? Is beyond me. You know, I, I feel like at this point, and I hate to be, you know, I try not to really ever be negative, you know, about the company because there's so much of you on social media. I feel like mm. that's, it's like 70% is just negative and, and I, it is what it is. But I feel like so much of it has to do with at this point, you know, what was like a family business is no longer and it's a huge conglomerate. And I feel like the Disney company now doesn't embrace or really align with Walt as much as they probably should or would or the way that yeah. we want. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. There's, I know there's been, there's been some, like, I think there was, what was it? Walt before Mickey. Yes. Is the one. And that was decent, but like, I mean, like. It's a good book too. Oh, I didn't even know that was based on a book. That was based on a yeah. book. Yeah. Okay. Just, I know, just, I know that movie that was with um, John Heater, who was, um, played Napoleon Dynamite. And, yep. uh, and the, I can't remember the other kid's name. Kid but from, from American Pie. American Pie and Rookie of the yeah. Year. 
Yeah. Uh, he played Walt. And I thought it was a really good movie, but I, you know, you, you always waited for like that big budget one, like that one that's going to have like the A-lister in it. And I remember there was rumors that there was going to be one with, uh, I can't think of his name now, I'm blanking out. But yeah, I remember there was rumors that he was going to be it. And there was like, they even had like store, like um, like a movie poster with him as as Mickey, as uh, as Walt. And huh. it just and it just turned out to be just like all like fake. It wasn't even real. I sort of wrote buying Disney's World almost where it could. I was hoping at one point it could be it could be adapted into a movie. It's sort of like there's like a sort of like a, a spy. You know, it, it's sort of like a thriller, like the way they went about buying the land covertly, and mm-hmm. some of the key players um, involved were um, Robert Foster was you know the attorney, but the Disney brothers basically contacted their attorneys in New York City. And said we want to buy land. You know, we were we were, have a project. We want to buy some land. Do you have a contact in Florida? And they basically said, sure, we'll 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 set you up with somebody. So the person they were set up with, his name was Paul Hellowell. And Paul Hellowell, while he was buying land for Disney World, was also was basically funding the Bay of Pigs. He was trying to topple South American governments, kill Castro. Um, he was really, really high up in the CIA. Wow. He owned a bank that the CIA basically used as a front to run money and guns throughout the world. This is the guy who basically, you know, you you, you thank him for getting the land for Walt Disney World because without him, it wouldn't have happened. Wow. It's, the story is just crazy and intense because you would never think, I mean, you know, 63, 64, it's not like you can go Google somebody yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and see what, you know, what he was, you know, what, hey, what's this guy? You know, they knew he was an attorney and that's all they knew. And, you know, they sw- sort of swore him to secrecy and he went ahead and made major, four, three, four major land deals and they would not have happened without him. So wow. it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, a CIA agent basically put the land together for Walt Disney World. Yeah, that's a crazy story, man. And that's and that's what I'm saying. Like, all that stuff is so interesting to me. Like, stuff I would never even have, never even have dreamt of, you know? So is there any new projects you're working on now? Anything that you're looking, anything cooking? Um, I have something. I'm, I'm collaborating with somebody. It's to be determined. We don't have a title yet. We have very loose ideas on what we want to do, but it probably won't be out till, I'd say, you know, January, February of 2022. It's another book, and there might be a podcast attached. Um, cool. Uh, he's, his, actually, his name's Chris Domino. If anybody watches or pays attention to uh, sports in Atlanta, he's a um, he's a sports talk radio guy down there. He's pretty popular and pretty acclaimed, and we're sort of putting our minds together and bringing our Disney passion together to, to put a book out there. Very cool. So let's, uh, let's talk some of these you know these top five disney history facts that some of us out here might not know that you know because you 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 are the the historian on disney yeah give us give us let's start with number five what would be your your fifth coolest little fact so some you know so i went with i tried to go random mm-hmm. maybe not sorry random maybe like obscure or just maybe not uh, you know just something a little bit different so here here's like one I, I always sort of think was fascinating. So at one point during the Michael Eisner era, they were actually, Disney was actually going to offer a lottery, sort of like Powerball, with basically the Disney characters who were going to be, it was going to be a nationwide 50 state lottery. This was before Powerball, you know, went nationwide. And Disney, this was what Disney was going to do. It was announced, it, the whole nine. Um, and then somebody all of a sudden was like, well, wait a minute, probably not a great idea because, you know, it's gambling. Maybe we shouldn't do a, a Disney lottery for cash. You know, when, you know, hundreds of, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars with Mickey Mouse probably is not the, the greatest thing. So I always think that one's kind of like a neat little factoid, even though it didn't come to fruition. It's always like, wait a minute, like, really? Who, who, who let it even get to the point of announcing it? Like, like how close did it come, though? It was all over the newspapers. It so literally it, was, was announced. So it was like a done deal. So it was speak. a done deal. Yeah. Uh, uh, mid to late 90s. That's crazy. Yeah. 
Like it was announced multiple times through multiple channels. It was like, you know, press release the whole nine. So it wasn't even like, it's not like I have a rumor here. No, no, no. Like I, I like there's, I mean, there's articles out there about it. And to me, it was always just like, wow, like, are you kidding? Like, I mean, <laughs> I think, funny. I mean, okay, I think it's cool, but I mean, I guess you can't, you it know. Doesn't, it doesn't feel so Disney-ish. I mean, listen, I would probably partake in it. I'm, I, oh, I, you know. But, oh yeah. But I'd be you, the first one down there. Yeah. <laughs> Of course. That's awesome. Like, get me, get me, you know, a Disney lottery ticket and some Disney beer and like, you know, whatever. There we go. You know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so what are, what else have we got? What's number four? Number four is this, this one is again, sort of, I don't want to, I don't want to say obscure, but um, to, not to give too much of the story away, but in buying Disney's world, there were a lot of parcels of land to purchase. One of the parcels, so there was major, huge parcels, like, you know, eight, 10, 12,000 acres, but there were also you know, parcels that were five and six, seven, eight acre, eight, eight acre size parcels. So Robert Foster, the attorney who's collecting all this land, um, you know, with, with Paul Hallowell had to go around the country. And if somebody had a deeded prop piece of property that they needed, that was alongside the big parcel that they bought, they obviously had to go get it. So they, he, he goes, he literally was going door to door at this point in the, you know, 1964. And he, he goes to Iowa and he um, knocks on, you know, this person's door and says, you know, Hey, do you, do you still own, you know, plot, whatever parcel, whatever, um, you know, in, in Kissimmee, Florida and blah, 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 blah. And they, you know, they say, yeah. And he goes, well, we'd like, you know, it's like, I'd like to purchase it. And they come, you know, he goes in and it's, it's two sisters and a brother and the two sisters deal with him and they say, okay, we'll sell the land. And, you know, sell the land for you know a couple hundred dollars. And he says, you know, do you mind if asking if I, if I ask how, you know, how did this, you know, how did this land come into your family? You know, I know that a lot of this land was sold in the back of magazines and newspapers in the early 1900s. You know, was this how you, how you got it? And the sisters wouldn't acknowledge, you know, either way. And so they just sort of, you know, kind of blew him off. And as he's leaving, the brother comes up to him and says, all right, you know, my sisters are a little weary of telling you, but my father won this land in a, in a card game in Texas, um, in a poker game in Texas. Well, that piece of land ended up becoming part of Fort Wilderness. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's just a weird random factoid that, you know, basically a part piece of land at Fort Wilderness was basically won in a, in a card game in Texas. I mean, and you think about what that land is worth nowadays too, right? Right. I mean... Um, I, I bet it been a good hand, right, to have lost that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I just think it's the backstory of just such a... Obviously, it's such a different world that you could even like, you know, we're yeah. going to sit down at a poker game and I'm going to put my five acres of swamp land in Florida up for you to, to, to wager on. All right. So number three, what do we got? Number three, I just think, I, I don't know, I'm sort of sometimes like a business and numbers guy. I, I, you know, I, there was a... In 44, the company went public and you get to see, um, you know, sort of a little behind the behind the scenes of what, you know, everybody was paid. So, you know, Walt Walt was paid, like, I think his salary that year was $50,500. Wow. In 44. Could you imagine? Which I guess yeah. is really good for 1944, but. Yeah. Because I think, um, I think Roy was about half that. Wow. Roy, Roy made Roy about was, half. And Roy was like, a. I mean, he's really, I mean, it, you would know better than me, but everything I've always kind of seen and read, it, it seems like it, it couldn't have ever happened if it wasn't for Roy though, right? Oh, without a doubt. So if, if, if um, you know, if Walt is like the world's biggest dreamer, then, then Roy's the biggest dream maker because without Roy, none of this ever happens. Because I mean, Walt was always, you know, he was like, he was long on ideas, but short on money. Roy almost always found a way to make it happen. And without Roy's creativity, like, uh, like uh, here's like another random factoid. Like they, they opened Walt Disney world with zero debt. I mean, doors opened in 1971, there was no debt and it was it, the price tag was over $400 million. Wow. That's how savvy Roy was. That's crazy. Yeah. So crazy. think about, I mean, all this money that comes in, I mean, the, the, the land 
the land has been paid for, you know, hundreds of thousands of times over and basically the infrastructure was set. So they opened the doors and yeah, for over 400 million, there was not a dollar of debt. That's awesome. That's really, yeah. I mean, that's it's so fascinating that they were able to really, to, to be able to, I mean, to build what it's become is, is, is one thing, but to even start it from the from the ground up, he never really got his due until like, because he had these outlandish dreams. I think a lot of people always looked at it like it was craziness, you know, like, you know, the things that he wanted to do, I think was so like ahead of its time. Um, I can only imagine what he'd be capable of, of today's technology with, you know what I mean? Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I, I often say, you know, he's sort of like, if you're going to put down top five people of like the last 150 years, he's got to be in there. I mean, you got to yeah, think right. Henry Ford, Steve Jobs, Walt Disney's in there. I mean, there's, you know, those, you know, they're all interchangeable in some respect. They all just change, you know, changing entertainment and changing cultural. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's remarkable. All right. So number two. Number two is it's sort of Disney, but it's not Disney. I mean, it, it is Disney related, but I always, I mean, so uh, in 19. I think it was 33 Samuel Goldwyn was watching a Mickey Mouse, uh, a Disney short. And it was watching one of the silly symphonies and he loved it so much and loved the way it looked in color that he decided that the wizard of Oz would be shot in Technicolor. So so that's what caused that to happen. That caused that to happen was, was, was a silly symphony in 1933. And I think that's, that's like a pretty, that's a pretty big deal. Wizard of Oz is definitely, you know, a pretty legendary movie in our, for us. So the number one most magical Disney history fact, in your opinion, is? So I, I feel like I should have said number two, make number two, number one. I feel it was like a little anticlimactic here. But <laughs> uh, and especially since this is like I, I should have reworked the order. But I, I think this is it's a sad thing. But I think it it sort of sets the tone, not the tone, but it, it impacts Walt and Roy the rest of their life. So they they bought a house. I'm sure I don't know if everybody knows the story. So they moved their parents out to Hollywood when they were famous and successful. They bought a house for their parents to live in. They moved them out from Oregon and the, the, the mom and dad were both, well, the mom and dad were overcome by fumes in the house and the fumes actually killed his mother. I, and I, I did hear this story. I yeah. Did and I just think that's like a horrible, you know, there's always, and maybe I'm feeding into the whole little, you know, there's always, you know, the, in the, in the um, movies, there's always a, a mother and a father problem and, you know, a, you know, a wicked stepmother or, you know, whatever. But I always, I mean, that just, for some reason that always sticks with me that, I mean, think about what he was trying to do such a good gesture mm-hmm. and it ends up backfiring. And, and yeah, of course, yeah I, I remember seeing, I forget where I was, what I was watching. It was, it was a documentary and they had, they brought that up in the documentary and I forget which one it was. And uh, I remember, I never heard that story until maybe like three or four years ago when I was so sort of some, some documentary. And I remember it like blew me away. Cause it was like, wow, like I didn't need like, yeah, I didn't know that, but how heartbreaking is you reach all the success and due to your success, you're able to give something back to your parents who raised you. Yep. And it's what caused like, it's almost like his success became a gift and a curse at that point, you know, without a doubt. And, and you know, and I think maybe this is, I, I literally was in Marceline a little bit more than a week ago. So maybe that's why it like resonated. Cause as I'm going to the museum and you're reading correspondence, I mean, Walt and Roy basically supported the whole family. Mm. There were, there were letters to the, to the younger sister, Ruth. And they're basically saying, Ruth, here's your check for $500. They were supporting her, giving her $500 a month to live on. And this was, you know, 1940s, 1950s. Yeah. Um, and then I just sort of, you go down like that cascade of these two guys, you know, 
worked hard and, and here, you know, supporting their family and supporting their siblings. And you go do this grand gesture. And like you said, it's like a gift and a curse. It's like, and then apparently it was something he never would speak about. Yeah. yeah. I can't even imagine. Yep. So um, Aaron, I wanted to say thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I appreciate it. I, I um, a huge fan of, of the Disney history myself, but before you do go, please let everybody know where to find, uh, find your books. Sure. Um, at Aaron H Goldberg, I'm on Twitter at Aaron H Goldberg. I'm on Instagram AaronHGoldberg.com from my website or even from any of my social media. There's links back to books. I'm on Amazon. I'm on Audible, iTunes. Um, you name it. If it's you know if, if they're selling books, you could get my books. Excellent, excellent guys. Go check them out. If, especially if you're a if you're a history fan and even bigger than that, a Disney history fan. These are a must get, a must have, a must read. Go check them out. And Aaron, thank you so much again. Thanks so much. My pleasure. <laughs> Okay, so guys, uh, we have a really important guest in today uh, for a really important charity that we we uh, we really firmly believe in. So this is really important for us to have have him come in here, Omar Elkayube from Give Kids the World, uh, one of the most amazing charities that there's out there. Uh, what you guys do is so important, and we really we love having to be able to get you on the show and be able to talk to some of the listeners about what you guys do. And uh, again, we want to be involved, and we want to we want to basically be part of what you guys do. It. I think what you guys, I think Give Kids the World is such an important charity. To to be involved with what you guys do is really just honestly just amazing. Um, but you know what? Let me stop talking about how great of a job that you have and what you great work you guys do. Tell us a little bit about what Give Kids the World is all about. Absolutely. So Give Kids the World is an 89 acre fairy tale resort located in Kissimmee. We're about 20, 25 minutes, depending on traffic from Disney World. Um, and we fulfill the wishes of critically ill kids that have a wish to come to Central Florida for a variety of reasons. Basically, if their wish has to do with Central Florida, we fulfill it. Um, so if it's Disney World, if it's Universal, if it's SeaWorld, if it's Gatorland, if it's anything, if it's to meet Princess Elsa or Mickey Mouse, Harry Potter, we fulfill that wish. Uh, so they get a, a week-long vacation, all, all expenses paid for, for themselves and their entire immediate family. Um, they get three days at Disney, uh, so they can go all the parks, uh, two days at Universal, one day at SeaWorld, where not only they get to go to the parks, but they get to skip the lines. They get special passes that they can go um, and, and, and enjoy um, um, all the parks in a, a much shorter time than we as a, as regular uh, visitors can do. And they get to experience the village, which is, as I said, 89 acres of pure magic. We have um, wheelchair accessible theme park rides that they can go on to. We have um, an accessible movie theater where we show first run movies, mini golf course. We have two swimming pools. One of those swimming pools, you can actually take one of our patented wheelchairs into so they can actually roll and experience a uh, roll in the pool and experience swimming. We have fishing. We have a pirate ship. We have horseback riding. Um, we have an accessible playground that's Candyland themed. Among among all of that are 166 um, villas that are essentially homes. Um, there are two bedrooms where the where the kid gets the 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 master be- master bedroom with the bathroom attached, and then um, the parents get a bedroom with a bathroom and a living room and a kitchen, so they get the full home experience the whole time they're here. Um, all of, all of their meals. Uh, and we have a 16 hour ice cream, an ice cream parlor called Henry Starlight Scoops, where we serve ice cream for 16 hours. Um, we run on about 8,000 volunteer hours per week from volunteers from all over the world that come. Some of them do their vacations just to volunteer with us. So we, we essentially run on, on volunteer hours. Um, we have a limited number of actual staff that work here. Um, but it's just, it's pure magic. 
Um, we have a carousel, we have a castle, um, a gingerbread house where we serve food. Uh, so it's just, it's just a, it's, it's a kid's dream essentially. It's so amazing. Like I said, like, and I, I, I'm going to probably say that over and over again, because like I said, I've, I've researched you guys enough to know how, how great of an organization you guys really are. Uh, so I probably will say that about 10 times in this interview, just because it is overwhelming to me to just be able to like, to really see the amount of love that you guys put into this and the amount of work and the amount of dreams that you help really make come true for, um, for your guests. I'm curious, how long have you guys been in action? How long has this, has uh, Give Kids World been around? So this year's our 35th anniversary. So 35 years since 1986, um, well over 170,000 wishes for fulfilled. Um, if you visit the village, we have our Castle of Miracles where you can go in. And one of the experiences that the kids do when they're here, specifically the Wish Kids, is they get a gold star that they can write their name on. And the entire Castle of Miracles and the and the Star Tower completely covered in those gold stars. So when you come and you visit, you get a good idea really of just what 170,000 wishes look like just by looking up at that ceiling. So it's typically in a regular year, we do about 166 wishes per week. But now with with COVID, obviously, we don't have as many as we typically would. Um, But we are still fulfilling wishes. And we have been doing so since March, where we had taken an extended period, we weren't doing wishes, we were doing other things with the property to still raise money. But yes, so that was a long answer to your question. But yeah, 35 years, over 170,000 wishes. God bless that man. God bless. So, you know, question you saying that there's a lot of volunteers that that help. How, how does one become a volunteer with you guys? It's pretty easy. Um, the first step is to go to our website, gktw.org slash volunteer, fill out the volunteer application, go through that process. The, there's an orientation, which we do have. That's a virtual version of that now. And then you can start filling out, uh, signing up for volunteer positions, which as we go into the end of the year, we have a lot of events where we're going to need volunteers. We have our gingerbread run 5k coming up in November. We have our gala coming up in September, um, the Diz family reunion in September as well as well as 52 nights of our Night of a Million Lights event That's that we need volunteers every single night. So there are opportunities to do volunteering with the families and do things there, but we have lots of events that take place in the village that we utilize volunteers for. And that's what allows the majority of the money uh, specifically about 91 cents of every dollar to go to the mission is that we have so many wonderful volunteers that that um, allow us to, to to fulfill our mission and have most of that money go right to that mission. For families that are in need of a wish, how how do they apply for, for something like this? Or is, how do they get involved to be able to, to be able to, to book something with you guys? Sure. Um, so we actually have fulfilled wishes in all over the world, 76 countries, obviously every state in the US. And what they'll do is um, if, if they're if they're eligible for a wish, their medical professional um, will inform them of that. And then they'll go through a wish granting organization. Most everybody's familiar with Make-A-Wish, but there are actually over 200 other wish granters from all over the world that fulfill these wishes. Um, and then the wish granter will connect to our, we have a village vacation planning department and they'll connect the family once their wish is approved to to the people here, and then they'll start planning the, the vacation. So all the tickets and all the things, and then all the necessary needs that they'll need while they're here. Um, so, you know, any sort of medical equipment, things like that, the things that we don't think about when we go on vacation always, but there are some needs for those kinds of things. And we take care of planning all that to make sure not only that, but that they have all the dietary needs that they have fulfilled when they're here too. So, you know, let's talk about the uh, the event you guys got coming up, the Diz Family Reunion. Can you tell us a little bit about that event? Because that seems like it's going to be a pretty fun one. So it's a it's it's a two-day event. Well, technically three. The third day is going to be 
our um, nighttime after party in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Hollywood Studios, um, which we're almost sold out of tickets on. Uh, but we do have some available still. But it's a it's a two day. The convention portion is a two day. If you think you know, like Comic Con or Mega Con things like that, but all Disney related. So there'll be celebrity guests. There'll be panels that run both days all day long. Um, there'll be a vendor room with all sorts of not only Disney memorabilia, but lots of artists and things that you can purchase in the vendor room. And then we're going to have a massive, massive Disney auction, which they just started putting everything out today to start photographing and getting um, up online. So even if you can't attend the event, you can take part in the auction, which will be available online and you can and bid, bid on the items that we have. Um, but we have a number of, of uh, Disney legends, Imagineers, uh, all sorts of people. You mentioned Cat, who is the voice of the bride in the haunted mansion. Uh, we have Jody Benson, who is the voice of Ariel from The Little Mermaid and Barbie in Toy Story. We have Linda Larkin, who is Princess Jasmine in Aladdin. Uh, John Morris, who's Andy in Toy Story. Pat Sajak, the host of Wheel of Fortune, first ever public appearance. He's doing it and I'm donating 100% of the proceeds to give kids the world. Um, and then a number of Imagineers, uh, Jason Sorrell. If you look at our website, you see everybody there. Um, we have time, including uh, somebody we don't have announced actually is, is uh, that cat has brought is bringing with her um uh, haunted mansion imagineer tom morris yeah so he'll be coming they're going to be doing a haunted mansion panel tell all sorts of um insight into the haunted mansion and what went into building that and things like that so that event like i said will take place the 9th and the 10th uh we'll have a special code which i'm giving you guys um lost bros 50 will get you half off the uh any tickets that you purchase through our website and um it's going to be at disney's contemporary resort so it'll be right next to the magic kingdom great you know and we'll make sure we post that 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 code in the uh the bio for this episode as well and and um, yeah, you know, it, it, it sounds like it's going to be a good event. Now, you said there's still tickets for the 11th available, correct? There are. I'm not sure how many. Um, it's it, So basically, that event will be a takeover of Hollywood Studios' uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So the park will close at 8. Um, they're going to transform that space for us. And only the people that purchase tickets through that will be uh, allowed to go into Galaxy's Edge from 10 p.m. to 12 p.m. And each person will be given... Uh, passports for the rides. So you're guaranteed to go on um, both rides if you choose to. Um, obviously, there'll be all sorts of food options, bars, characters, all sorts of things going on. And it's going to be uh, only available to our guests from 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. Very awesome. And uh, so you know, let me ask you how, long have you, how long have you been with Give Kids the World? So I have been here in uh, October 30th will be my fourth anniversary. Um, but I've been involved with Give Kids the World for almost 10 years. There's another event that we put on called called Hearts of Reality that for several years I uh, I worked on uh, as a volunteer, a volunteer fundraiser and helped uh, organize that event. And then ev eventually my uh, love and passion for the village led me to a position here where I basically do what I was doing for fun as a as a job, as a career. So uh, I feel very fortunate to be able to do that. And that's a, that's a really great event too, where we bring in um, about 100 reality TV stars and um, WWE NXT talent. Um, as you mentioned, we talked before the show that that Scott Garland, um, also known as Scotty Too Hotty, the wrestler, is very involved. Um, last year, if there are any wrestling fans out there, we had some pretty big names. Uh, Mick Foley was in attendance. Karrion 
Cross and Scarlett were there doing meet and greets with people. And all of the time from these celebrities is donated and all of the funds raised go to the village. We have tons of people from Survivor, Amazing Race, Big Brother, Naked and Afraid. Um, so that's really what brought me to the village. I, I volunteered to raise money for that for years and now I'm doing it uh, as a full-time job. You give it your full time, full-time attention every single day of the year and that shouldn't go unnoticed, man. What you do is tremendous with the organization does is tremendous. And I, and hopefully, you know, if for any of the listeners out there that don't really know what you guys do, hopefully they they learn a little something about what you guys do today. Uh, find it, some goodness in their hearts to be able to send a couple of bucks your way and uh, and help create some of these these memories and these wishes uh, for a lot of these children. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't have said it better. Thank you so much. I just want to say thank you for not just for joining us today, but for for everything that you do. You know, I, I, I want I know I want to get this this interview. We kind of like played phone tag and I was in the middle of moving. So we, we were having a hard time linking this up and I felt bad because this was one of the things that I knew once I got down here that I wanted to be involved with 100% of and, and really uh, be a part of it. And uh, I, it was important for me to have you on. You're, 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 I feel like you're one of the most important guests we've ever had, if not the most important, you know, for Thanks. what you guys do. And it's it's something that, like I said, it's an amazing charity. Uh, you do amazing work. And I know I keep repeating it, but that's that's, that's it's that important to me. But I really uh, I really hope everyone that doesn't know about Kid Kids World has a little bit more knowledge of Kid Kids World now and will get involved. I know we certainly will on our show. And again, thank you so much for stopping by and uh, telling us about the event you got coming up. And please, whenever you have events coming up, please stop by again and let us know every piece of info you can so we can get it out to to, to our listeners for us. Whatever, 100%, whatever you need, I am in. Whatever whatever it is, I am in. But uh, again, Omar, thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, I look forward to everything you guys got going on in the future. I look forward to getting involved and being part of what you guys do. And guys out there, please check out Give Kids the World. Let, let everyone know if, for like Instagram, where to find you guys on Instagram and online real quick. Yeah, so it's it's at GKTW Village, as in Give Kids the World Village, GKTW Village. We're on Instagram. Um, we're on Facebook. Uh, we're on Twitter. Um, you can find us everywhere. And then each of our events also has their own social media. So DizFamCon on Instagram, um, Hearts of Reality on Instagram, as well as Facebook. Uh, so we'd I'd love to interact with you there. I actually manage all of those pages. So um, I'd love to see you there and uh, answer any of the questions you may have. You can DM us there and we'll, we'll interact. Great. There you go, guys. Go check it out for sure. It's such an important thing to be able to help and be able to do and be part of it. Uh, Omar, again, thank you so much, not just for being here today, but for all the work that you do. Thank you. Okay, so that brings us to this week's Disney TV and Movie Minute. And the TV and Movie Minute is brought to you by JSA Creations. And Joey, what do JSA Creations always do? We make all your ears come true. Dan? We make all your ears come true in 3D. Can we get the can we get the extended cut? You need a set of ears. Well, Where do you go? You go to JSA Creations, the best in the business. They'll take care of you. They'll make all your ears come true. In 3D. <laughs> hey man, you got some good acoustics in that. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, right? right. A little, some nice reverb. I love it. Have so, to rent a hotel every time we do the podcast. <laughs> As it turns out, yeah. He's gonna be on, Dan's going to be on location. <laughs> Dan's going to be on location every week. <laughs> but um, all right. So uh, let's kick it to Joey and Sam. What do we got coming up September 1st on Disney Plus? First up, we got Monsters at Work season finale. In the finale, Taylor achieves his dream and is promoted to Jokester, but he feels torn about leaving Miffed. Anyone that hasn't seen it, you got to see it. It's really good. It is. Um, meanwhile, laugh power is threatened when Mike and Sully are given an ultimatum to generate more power or they will be shut down. This um, 
I obviously I'm looking forward to the season finale. I haven't seen no, actually I've seen everything up to this last point. So this has been pleasantly a surprise. I really like it. And it's funny because yeah. Sully and Mike are not really featured. I mean, they're in, you know, the episodes, but they're not really featured. So just, uh, you know, know that going in, but it's still good. They have yeah, more like still like every comedic episode. genius on the other characters, just like the movies, you know? So Yeah, it's really good. I love uh, from, from The Office, who's it? Uh, Mindy Kaling. She's really funny. And yeah. again, you still get John Goodman and Billy Crystal. They're in every episode, but they're more of like like secondary roles now. You know, they're not like that main that main cast, you know? Yeah. And, the, you know, the thing is, the um, it's, it's kind of like what we said with these series. They're like mini movies. They're <laughs> written. They're, ri- they're really well-written and they're produced really well so it's got that quality so i have a little addition to your monsters this is a really oddball thing but one of my friends has recently started trying to write to celebrities yes write and sends like a card or something and gives them thanks to everything they've done and ask them if they can sign whatever it is he's sending it's usually small and he's he started being successful and one person that he just got back he sent a fonzie card to henry winkler who is Fritz on this monster show. And Henry sent that back and a Fritz card with a really nice signature on it. And it's like, it just keeps going and going. All the things you hear about Henry Winkler. Oh, he's great. He's such a good guy to his fans. I love him too. Yeah. He's great, man. All right. Next up, we've got Alaska Animal Rescue Season 2. And this is uh, dedicated first responders, veterinarians, animal caretakers for the Alaska Sea Life Center, the Alaska Raptor Center, and the Alaska Wildlife Conservation Center. They brave dangerous terrain and unforgiving climates to respond to animals that are in need. There's dinosaurs in Alaska? There's a raptor center? I guess that's what they call it. Who knew? All right. I guess that's what they named it, unless they have one over there. (laughs) We don't know about. Yeah, Yeah, who knows? still in Alaska, didn't you know that? (laughs) (laughs) That would be great. Everything's there, right? Yeah. All right, what else? So we have the Disney Junior, the Chicken Squad, Season 1. Three young chicken siblings and their retired search and rescue dog, Captain Tully, work together on problem-solving adventures in their backyard to help their animal friends. Oh, <laughs> I think I'll pass. Yeah. Gene, what are you doing? Uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not into the Disney Junior stuff as much as I used to be a few years ago. Well, I mean, your kids are older. I feel like I I used to be into the Disney. Oh, Junior. they never watched it. That was always that was all me. Oh, okay. But you know, I'm just. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Listen, me and Zoe used to sit down. We used to watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse every day. She used to watch it when I would go. I think I mentioned it before in the show. She would watch it when I was when I'd go to work. I'd leave it on for. Her. So, yeah, we used to DVR for it too. So, oh, from Joel, Raptor is a bird of prey. So there's something else. There's a. It's not just dinosaurs. There's also birds of prey. Oh, there you go. There you go. Thank you, Joel. What can we just say? Alaska, Alaskan birds of prey center. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Trick people into seeing. Dinosaur. Yeah, you know, you yeah. know, it was it definitely key people that like, I gotta see what this is. They saw it was for clickbait for sure. Bird so. center, done. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, Dan, what do you got coming up on the first? Well, you kind of spoiled my news earlier, but I didn't mean to Doug Days. The series from Pixar Animation Studios is a series of shorts that follow the misadventures of Doug, who is the lovable dog from Disney and Pixar's Up. Each short features everyday events that occur in Doug's backyard, all seen through the eyes of our favorite talking dog, which we're all excited for this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's been a while for something to, you know, do something in the Up universe. So I'm glad that they did finally. One of my favorite Disney movies. And uh, I'm I'm really excited for this one. I know my wife. 
wife will be too. Jess loves Up. That's one of her favorite movies of all time. I love Up. I think in the beginning I didn't like it because I felt it was sad. You know, I think like, it it hurts a lot for people for this movie for that very reason, and it's hard for them to get past yeah. it, the, all the mm-hmm. good stuff. And that's it's yeah. too bad that I mean it's really critical to everything and it's powerful, but it, it is an extremely downer. I mean, I remember going to see this, and it's like I was having trouble watching the rest of the movie. Like, yeah, you're so impacted, and your mind starts. It is. I know. Yeah. Well, you know what though? The the relationship that ends up being with you know Russell and all that stuff, and how he ends up being kind of like a father figure to him. And yeah. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, mean, it, I mean, obviously it ends on a high, but yeah, I mean. Yeah. In Disney fashion, you got tragedy in some yep. form. And it's I think being that you know what happens with that part of it, maybe you just fast forward through that and start watching after that. Yeah, you're right. Because the Carl Ellie thing is tough because it's so sad because it's like this, you know, know, couple that's been together since they were like literally like five years old, you know, and here they are now they're in what like yeah. in their 70s and she passes and then even the part where you're like you almost want to cry because you feel so bad for the bird like oh. you're, you're so afraid that something's gonna happen to the bird to, to kevin you know yeah. it, it's uh it's a yeah it's a fantastic movie and i'm so glad they're gonna do stuff with uh i know they're just shorts but still i i, I can't wait to see it as, as i went before i went nuts before in the beginning of the episode um talking about it so i'm looking forward to it it would be nice right. if there's a sequel yeah but you know maybe this will be that maybe this will be like a little version of it you know how much they probably look at it like well what else could we do what what kind of story could we tell yeah, i don't already, know i don't know it's based on them Maybe going they, up, you know, with the balloons, and this at least gives us a little something, you know. All right. So anyway, what I got coming up, this is coming out on Thursday the second, which is an odd day for them to launch a new show, right? Is there, I don't think they ever really put anything on Thursdays. Uh, we got behind the scenes of Growing Up Animal. Go behind the scenes of Growing Up Animal, the sixth episode, intimate and ex- extraordinary adventure of baby animals from the safety of the womb to the uncertainty of birth and their tentative first steps. Uh, you know, I'm all over this. This is my right in my alley. I can't wait to see what animals are involved in it. You know, I, I hope there's going to be a bunch. I'd love to. Uh, hopefully, and they don't. Hopefully, they don't just give you to like. The, just the first few days. I hope we get to see them grow up a little bit too, so we know what happens, you know. But I'm excited for that. Also, coming out on Friday, September 3rd, X Men: Dark Phoenix. When Jean Grey is struck by a mysterious cosmic force that transforms for, transforms her into the iconic Dark Phoenix, the X Men must unite to face their most devastating enemy yet, one of their own. And yeah, that's what Jean Grey was like the was the good guy, right? And then she gets hit with this thing, and then she becomes Why? evil, right? Yep. Is this the one with uh, the girl from Game of Thrones? I'm blanking on her name right now, though. Is that the, this is that one, right? Yeah. Joel says yes. Yep. I thought so. Um, I, to be honest with you, I feel like that movie didn't get really any buzz when it came out. Is that because it came out like at the beginning of COVID and people had other things to worry about? Yeah. And also regarding the X-Men movies and stuff like that, it got convoluted because you got the original cast, which is much older than they went to the younger generation. Then they started doing cross generation yeah. and it just, it, it got convoluted with that. At least I think that's, that can be a reason. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll, and I'll be, I'll be fair. X-Men to me wasn't one of the ones that I was, I've never really been into any of the X-Men movies. I think the only one I really, really liked was Logan. And that was because it was so different from the other movies. I don't know, they're, yeah. I'll have to agree with you. I was never into the X-Men, but yeah, I did I was, like Logan. Logan was phenomenal. Again, that's because to me, Logan was so good is it felt like it to me, Logan, kind of hit you the way a lot of the Marvel movies do now where it's not just action, action, action. You get to learn about the character. You get to, there's more in-depthness to it, which is what Marvel is great now with their characters. And I thought that's what they did in Logan. And to boot, it had a tremendous action scenes to boot. So yeah. um, I love Joel Logan. Saying, Joel saying her name is so- uh, Sophie Turner. That's the name. Yeah. She's 
He's married to one of the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. So, thank you, Joe. And uh, so, yeah, let's kick it over to Stephanie. What do you got coming out on the third, Steph? I've got Happier Than Ever, a love letter to Los Angeles. Chart-topping artist Billie Eilish will make her Disney Plus debut in a cinematic concert experience. Fresh off the heels of her brand new album, Happier Than Ever, the Disney Plus original will feature an intimate performance of every song in the album's sequential order for the first and only time from the stage of the legendary Hollywood Bowl. That sounds cool. It does. I'm a little surprised because she she can be very edgy. Yeah. So that's why I, I was surprised to see this this mashup. Um, I guess it's going to be similar to what the Beyonce thing was that came out about a year ago, uh, Black yeah. is King, which was really well done. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Um, even if yeah. I wasn't even into the album. The funny thing is, I listened to the album, didn't really care for it too much. And then I saw the Black is King and just seeing the visual stuff they've done for the songs, it actually made me like the album. But in the beginning, I didn't like the album. It took Black is King for me to love the album. So hopefully it's just as well done. Maybe she, like I said, she's very edgy. So I'm, it's a surprising mm-hmm. combination, Disney and and Billie Eilish. I love Billie Eilish. Don't get me wrong. It I just feels a, like a weird combo. Me too. I think so too. I but. don't know. I, listen, I'm sure it's going to be well produced. I'm sure it will be, and I'm sure they're not going to let her do anything nuts. Like she's not going to go. She's not going to do anything crazy. I'm sure. I'm sure they had that discussion before they did this. Um, I just thought it was weird. And at the same time, hopefully she doesn't she doesn't limit herself too much because part of what makes Billie Eilish so unique is her wackiness and edginess. So hopefully it's a good combination where it's not too over the top, but it's also not really muting who she is either. It'll be a hit. I know. I mean, she's too big yeah. for it not to be. So. Right. She's a little rough, like in off camera, like not not like I don't like her, but like I think too, it's it's a little risky because you don't know where she's at yet. She she's not mm-hmm. that good of the career, and it could be somebody that possibly you know gets into some questions. Yeah. Oh, oh, I say, well, uh, uh, listen, a lot of them have. Look at a lot of tr- Disney stars that have gone on and gotten into. Like, look at Hannah Montana, Miley right. Cyrus. She's has you know not why she was on Disney, but again, she's not a Disney star. She's not a Disney artist. She's huge. I mean, especially for the younger generation, this is definitely going to bring in that fourteen year old to like twenty five year old market like crazy. They're going to flock to this. So it'll be, I'm sure it'll be a huge hit. Next up is Tomorrowland, the movie of 2015. Frank Walker, a former inventor played by George Clooney, and Casey, a curious teenager played by Britt Robertson, embark on a dangerous mission to unravel the secrets of Tomorrowland, an unexplored dimension in time and space. Rough movie. This was... I never saw it. Oh, it's it's horrible. It actually makes me love Cruella. That's how bad it is. I don't think I've seen it. It's so I- bad. And I love George Clooney. It was so bad. Have you seen it? No. <laughs> don't waste your time, guys. I wanted to, but I I did hear a lot of bad things. Yeah. You know? Sometimes that doesn't deter me. No, I hear it because you never know. But Especially like- if it's coming from Gene. Don't let that deter you. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's like the Haunted Mansion movie. Like a lot of people dog it, but I, had to, I happen to like that movie. Yeah. All right, Tim, what do you got? Well, the powerhouse ending to our news is on Disney Plus's Smoky Mountain Park Rangers. Park Rangers work to protect and manage black bears and other animals in Great Smoky Mountain National Park as they prepare for the coming winter. I dig this kind of stuff though, so I would watch it. I would check this out too. I love this. Absolutely. But okay, here's my gripe about all these animal shows. Go ahead. Can we please put some attention to the Animal Kingdom? Yep. Oh, let's. Get I knew you were gonna episodes. say that. It was so good, and it yep. pertains to your park. You know, I'd love to see them do a show on. Give me a show just about documentaries, just about the births of anything that was born in Disney's Animal Kingdom. 
because enough animals have been built, born there now. Give me documentaries. Each episode would be about a different going through the 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 is it gestation when they're pregnant? Is it just whatever the gestation period, the pregnancy period to the birth to like the first few months of the first few months of um of life for these animals, and then each episode would be a different one because there's nothing that have been born. Give me of those. I would love that. But that I mean, that's great and everything, Gene. But there's so many animals that we don't get to hear about, and like I told you before, in case no one heard me, is you start getting more interested in the park. Mm-hmm. You start getting tied to these animals and you you kind of like to see what's happening with them. And when you actually go to the park, you want to see if you can find those animals. Yeah, I remember well, Dan talking There's just so much, mm-hmm. you know, territory there that just has not been covered. It's too bad. Well, I mean, I'm kind of agreeing with you. I'm just saying, I'm no, just I saying one bracket of that is I'd love to see this, you know, but I agree. I think they need to do more because it it's such an interesting topic. Really well done. That first season was awesome. Yeah. And not even a first season. I feel like it's just, just, it was just a miniseries now, but. Um, I feel kind of cheated, you know, because I was, like I always said, me and Steph both are kind of not huge Animal Kingdom fans. And I feel they reeled me in big time with that show mm-hmm. and then took it away. Yeah. And, and you know, the funny I'm, thing I is. I want more. You got me. Okay. And the funny thing is, is they could do it every year put it out a new season and they can yeah. actually cover the same exact animals they covered the yes. year before but just now show us where they are now so it's not even like they say well we already covered you know the giraffe and 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 this elephant and you know we don't really how many how many animals can we still do but no give us a whole new year of what's what's up in that in, the, in that same animal's life you know yeah, I, I, that would still work that go on with these animals that are really really interesting even like how they hold the crocs and to do these certain things mm-hmm. it's like i think it helps people with animals. I, I agree. I'd love to see the ratings on it. Maybe the ratings aren't what we think. Maybe we, maybe we're just a little different with these because I, I can't imagine the ratings of the net weren't great on it. Um, yeah. I know we raved about it. I, you know, but maybe who knows? Maybe the ratings weren't that great and they decided not to go with anymore. Because- I think another thing is it really shows uh, the care that Disney gives in a world of a lot of zoos being discover- discovered mm-hmm. that are mistreating animals and, yep. and this and that. It's like you really get a different feeling from that show. Certainly. The great point. Agreed. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's Disney TV uh, and Movie Minute. Let's head over to Disney Topic Talk. Disney Topic Talk. Okay, so that's going to bring us to this week's Disney Topic Talk. And this week, the crew is going to discuss different ways that guests such as ourselves can show appreciation to cast members. Certain things, little things that we can do. Obviously, we I, we can't give them, we can't slip them 20s in the palm of our hand like grease the wheels as they used to do in, to get you a good seat at, a, at an Italian restaurant. We can. But there's certain things, well, I mean, not in Disney. You can Man's do that. Like, at, that's how I get all my fast passes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think they can really accept cash, but there's certain things, you, little things that we can do for them. Um, and uh, I know we just started putting together something that we're actually going to be doing for cast members when we come into the parks. And I'll go over that in a minute. But uh, I thought this was kind of cool because some people not, might not realize there are little things that you can do to show your appreciation and your thank yous because it can be a little bit of a thankless job at times for some cast members. And there's you would never know, even when they're having a bad day, they never let you on to know that they are. They're always super cheerful, super helpful, super polite. And let's face it, they're human beings like the rest of us so they you know they, they have to have bad days like the rest of us too but you'd never know it otherwise you really wouldn't so let's let's kick it around the horn uh joey and sam what's some ideas that you guys have to show some appreciation to our cast members our beloved cast members all right well first this is i mean yeah you know there's obviously there's a lot of things you can't do because they're very i can't accept this we can't you know we've even yeah. had you know cast members real quick they ask us about our ears all the time and they'll ask like it's it's almost like a thing where you gotta like it's like going it's like it's like making a drug deal you got to do it like under the table to give them a card <laughs> because they freak out 
they're like, oh, I can't, you know, like it's crazy because they want to get your information because they we have cast members that follow us on our, our Instagrams and stuff and they'll do it immediately. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. They'll ask. And then by the time we get to the next ride, we get the followers. You can tell who it is. But yeah, so first thing, and this, this goes for pretty much everybody. And I know all you guys are like this. Like you said, they don't have the easiest time. You know, the first thing you can do is common courtesy for these cast members. I mean, these cast members, the stuff that they, the, the stuff that they deal with and you, anybody here that's been to the parks numerous times or even one time, you'll always see there's a few parents or I should say people that are there that are uh, jackasses to them. Um, I guess they feel that they, you know, they're entitled because they pay money to come to the park or whatever reason. And they want to crap on them, which mm-hmm. is absolutely, which is absolute garbage. You hear about, and even more recent, you hear some of the horror stories. I remember <clears throat> that the, the one person that was mad because they had to wait and this was trying to get on tower of terror. And they literally started to mess with the controls of the ride and then ended up punching the cast member. And I've heard this multiple times in the last year. So that type of stuff grosses me out. Now, obviously I, I, you know, if that happens, happen in front of me yeah i would do something absolutely but um this is stuff that we've heard yeah trust me i absolutely yeah absolutely but um but yeah so common courtesy man you know some of these people a simple thank you especially you know you ask them every they're generally everybody that you run into is extremely nice they go way out of your way i've seen many times how many times cast members i think even it happened to aiden where you drop ice cream right in front of them and they literally will run and get them another one and hand it to them seen that stuff many times so that common courtesy and just genuine appreciation for them to show them that is it goes a long way with them because they are already going out of their way and they're dealing with so many so many uh nasty people because they're and just, the heat too i mean think about how hot it is in some of those well, costumes yeah. Yeah, not, no, they don't look so breathable. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. The uh, the water is is crazy. They constantly have the bottles and stuff. Anything that can help them. That and then also something a lot of people don't know about. Obviously, people that frequent do know. But anytime someone does something really well, you can always actually show your appreciation uh, through Twitter and basically talking about what do you uh, cast compliment. So what you're going to do is you would go on to Twitter. It would be hashtag cast compliment, and then you can basically name the person or even the photo. You take a photo of the uh, the cast member and. And then explain to them. And it's usually it's it is monitored. You you are gonna do that at uh, WDW today. And they they do monitor. I know sometime back in January at the time because of the the layoffs at the time, uh my understanding for a while, nobody was actually monitoring the account, but um they are now. I, I, I did make sure to double check. So always make sure that if you had a good experience with somebody, because Disney does uh, like to see that stuff and they do respond. Mm-hmm. So, and we've done it ourselves many times. I'm, I'm, I would, I'm pretty sure you guys have done that as well. Dan and staff or, or even Gene, that's definitely something um, that you can do. So it's, and it's very small. It's doesn't, it, it takes you five seconds to do it. So make sure that you do if somebody does that. And then I know Sammy has one uh, that she wanted to talk about. Well, mine was more like a, a, a cute little story. So um, Aiden's like a ladies man. <laughs> Every time he goes to the parade and it's the princesses, he always does a little heart to them, like to show them he loves them. But on this one specific trip, he, him and I were at Michael's and and the Disney trip was coming up and he wanted to get a couple of the fake flowers to bring to the princesses. So sure enough, we got like two or three and he decided to give it to Ariel when he saw her. So it was really cute. Like he wanted Uh, to, you know, and he also gave one to Rapunzel too. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, he's got a thing for the princesses. Yeah, he's a a big lead on that. I I love that idea because it's a little different too and and it's something that they don't expect either, you know, to kind of give them something something like that, you know? That's Absolutely. So that's what we got. So let's kick it over to Dan and Steph, the Midwesterner and the is it Southwest? Where are you? Utah's Southwest. I don't like Dan yeah. in Utah. I like yeah, I like Minnesota yeah. Dan better than Utah. I know Dan. Minnesota Dan. 
And Minnesota Dan, it sounds like a like a Yukon racer, right? Like a sled racer. Like, you know, like those sled, the, the dog sleds. What is it? Iterod? Ititod? What, what is it called? Iterod? I'm very uh, aware because of Yukon Cornelius, of course, from Rudolph. And you're a Minnesota oh, Dan. right. Stephanie, why don't you start? Because we're just kind of doing it together. Well, we are. <laughs> However, Joey and Sam touched on this one thing that we always do. No, that's okay. We always do. And I have been doing for a long, long, long time before people were kind of, you know, being mean to cast members, like even, you know, before that was a thing. Unfortunately, that's kind of a thing now, but I always write it down or put it on my phone. I always get their name and where they were working because as we know, cast members, yeah, at the time of the interaction, because, you know, Mm. they came around, but it's, you know, when, when you get home from your vacation, you're tired, you forget, blah, blah, blah. So, and you, you always think, oh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. It's one of the very, very first things that we'll do is send that email and they always do respond. We've even sent flowers to cast members that work at the hotels and uh because they can't really deny that as as a yeah, gift it's a good workaround so that's one whoops that's one thing that we always that we always do i think too like going back to what joey said and this is something i do all the time even outside of disney you sometimes think you know what can i do like as in giving and things like that but even just when you notice something or somebody going out of the way especially especially nowadays when customer service is just not 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 in disney but just normal customer service all over the place isn't what it used to be. And so when you do see people going out of their way or doing a really good job, comment to them specifically, just Mm -hmm. go up right at that moment and say it because they'll be taken aback. You'll see them and it'll be like, what? Like, Mm -hmm. so it's an instant boost for them. And when you walk away, I guarantee that that made a difference to them for the rest of their day. Someone's noticing, you know, is basically the the message. And I just did it today at the hotel with their breakfast they're running here. It's like everyone is just overly nice, really attentive to everybody. And so I just went up and told everybody and you'd be amazed at how they looked at me like, well, of course, that's what we're doing. And we all know that Disney service is always really good too. But there are those cast members that really stand out and that that's, you know, what Stephanie's talking about and Joey's talking about. And so anytime you can get those specifics on that and tell people about it, just telling others about it, you know, is a good way to start threads and, you know, other people all of a sudden are commenting about that, you know, so we kind of do that all over the place, you know, and it's real easy for somebody to get on social media now and go and give a bad review to a restaurant, a complaint, but a lot of people, they kind of forget to go do the compliment side of that. And it's not necessarily on purpose. It's just, you're not so riled up about something bad that happened. It's on the other side. And sometimes it just takes takes your mind off it and that's why you know stephanie writing that stuff down or doing a little memo to ourselves in the phone is a good reminder when you get back and you're and you're looking over stuff you're like oh yeah because it does not matter when you post any of this or say any of it as long as you do absolutely agree absolutely that's good dan stephanie did you know that you can actually go into guest services and request to give someone a grape soda it used to be known as a pause, and their leaders will read it in the morning and recognize that cast member. Now that's a pretty cool. Party. I did not did yeah. not know that. Mm-hmm. Did I didn't know that. Oh, what happens 
exactly when you give someone a grape soda? What's done? They are recognized in the morning. It'll oh. read it, yeah. For being an outstanding cast member. I guess they have when they when they have their, their cast meeting. meetings. Yeah, they're probably Monday yeah. morning. I'd be interested in that more specifically. I'd, I'd like Me to know. Too. I'm interested in that kind of stuff. It yeah, sounds like a great idea, and I love that it's grape soda. Yeah, I know. I know. A little, a little also, up. also, Joel mentioned that it's the the accounts actually WDW guest services. So I yeah. looked it up just to double check it, but yeah, that seems to be the account you you would put cast compliment to. And it's funny, obviously, all the easy access to social media and stuff. We actually do write letters and stuff. And Mm -hmm. you'd be surprised at what you do get back in that it also shows that you actually took time out to do that. Not saying you didn't take time out to do a post, but it is going that extra mile. So even if you do that, maybe do maybe do some kind of letter if it really made it. Oh, yeah. You can do that as well. You can do that back the letters, man. (laughs) Yeah, I just I I, we we always did a cast compliment. And I know I mentioned. Yeah, that's generally what people are doing now. It's just easy. So that would be easier because, you know, people, like you said, a lot of people won't go out of their way to do that. So, man, at least at least you could do that. So Mm -hmm. people always hear about the bad stuff. Well, listen, you know, that's like everybody posting on the Internet. Every time you see a review, it's the bad one because it's like Yelp. Yeah. When you do get something good, it's man, does it do a good thing to your day? And that's for managers, too. If they get a bunch of cast members that are getting these things, that's just great news for them. It shows good management skills by them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it means their crew is is doing a really good job. You know, it's working. So, you know, I, I did something similar to to this, but I would, you know, I didn't know that you could go to a certain site like WDW Guest Services. I used to just post on my own. Um, I'll tell, And I'll tell you what, my favorite, most favorite uh, cast member that I've ever had. And every time I get to go back to the boardwalk, even when I'm not staying, if I'm just walking by, I always look for him and I always go say hello to him. Um, so I bumped into him a handful of times is his name is Kirk. Okay, so if anybody ever goes to, um, he's at the boardwalk a lot. I believe he's at Wilderness Lodge too, but he's at the boardwalk a lot. And every time I go in, I'd have to always, I'd wait online just to be like, so I could say hello to him and just be like, hey, you know, and then always take a picture and put it on Instagram. Um, so I have a few of of him on on Instagram with me. But I used to do the same thing where I would want to post and 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 always. I, I, well, let's go through it real quick. You always be super polite because again, like Joey and Sam said, you're dealing with extreme heat, extreme customers that have had a long day and they're cranky. Even you know, let's face it, I'm just the best of us. So. You get a customer or a guest comes in, they're hot and tired. They've been there all day. Their kids are cranky and tired. So they're a little cranky and tired. And they, by the time they get to speak to the cast member, they might not be as as cheerful as they should be. So we really do need to take time to make sure that that what they do is appreciated because they do go above and beyond. We've said it pretty much, I think every episode we've ever had, we've touched on how impeccable the customer service is at Disney. I think it's got literally like every episode, I think we've touched on it at least once. So yeah. always try to be super polite because they are, they you would never know they're having a bad day always be polite and i used to do the same thing where i would always kind of say hey let me get a let me get a photo i want to post you know and, and talk about the like the great service that i've had here or there um i've noticed i probably do it more in the resorts themselves only because it's where i have a chance to really get a photo they can actually sit you know they can take a quick pose usually in the parks things are always going a little there's always a lot going on so they don't really get the same time to but i find always when i'm at a resort i'm always able to do that and again you're never going to get anybody bad so you're always going to get somebody good so always be super like courteous and 
be very thankful that they that you have someone so courteous and let them know that because it, it gives them assurance that they know they've helped you. Like I'm sure they already know they're doing a good thing, but when they recognize that you recognized it, it's 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 like picture yourself even at your jobs now. When when someone says, Hey, you did a good job today, does it make you feel good? I don't care what you do. If you if you sell newspapers or you you, you fight crime, I don't whatever you do. When someone says, Hey, great job today at work, I, I don't care how much you love or not love your job, it still feels good that you appreciate it. So you can only imagine with as hard as, as they work and what they do for us for them to hear it i'm sure means so so much you can always bring little things like what we used to do sometimes we would always bring like almost like a goodie bag like you'd see like at a kid's birthday party with little candies in it this is obviously pre-covid we haven't really i'll be honest i haven't really been able to share anything with cast members since covid just because i feel you'd feel weird handing them anything right but pre-covid we used to bring like a little like almost like you'd see it like at a five-year-old's birthday party with a little goodie bag the little goodie bag that you give to people that came to the birthday party and we put like little lollipops in it or little hershey kisses in it and we bring maybe like you know 10 or so with us when we went to the park and we'd hand them out to like cast members that we thought like were super helpful to us. So that was something that we used to do. I, you know, I, I know some people, you know, do different things, but we always felt like we just, even if it's just a small token, just the fact that I think they really appreciate the fact that a, that, that they are being appreciated because that's just human nature to, you know, whenever, whenever you're told you did a great job, it's, it's a fun thing to hear. It's, it makes it validates the level of service that you're giving and it just feels good. So let them feel pretty good because they make us feel pretty good, right? Yeah. And then to go, I think when, when you when they realize like somebody went out of the way to put this together to give to us, I think it means a lot to them. Even though again, it's like some dumb dumb lollipops and some Hershey kisses and a few Hershey miniature bars. You know what I mean? It's nothing crazy, but I think the fact that they look at it as the thoughtfulness of putting something like that together. And um, I know right now it's hard for us to do these kinds of things, other than obviously be super nice, be super thankful, take some photos and, and post it on Instagram and Twitter and, and give them the recognition they deserve. Uh, you can't really give things right now. Because, because again, I, I, if I was to walk up and hand them some candy, I think they would look like a guy had three heads because of COVID right now. They can't take stuff like that. They'd be still on a French fry. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, but that's what I'm saying. Like, so at the end of the day, like it's it's not the right time for it. But once things kind of go even further back to normal, which will hopefully will soon, um, I will definitely be doing that again. And I, I look forward to it because when you see that that smile on their face, you know how much they really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And um, listen, they got a smile on their face anyway. They always do. How, how often do you ever see a cast member not smiling at, you know, almost like, like an elf? I'm smiling, smiling is my favorite. It's like they're constantly smiling. <laughs> but well, I think um, just... Just us having the combo is a big deal. And that's what but I was trying to get at. Yep. It gives the listeners a topic from us that we're concerned. It's a big deal. And we're not the first to bring it up, of course, but it warrants time for sure. Yep, exactly. We didn't physically ever give them anything. This does mean something to have the community of Disney and different ones talking about it all the time. You know? And it yep. doesn't get talked about enough, I think. You're right. Yeah. And that's why we, we, we yeah, thought this would be a great topic tonight, too. There was no earth-shattering thing of what you could do, because obviously it's be night. But you know what? I think sometimes, when, especially in the summer months, right, when it's super hot and rainy in Florida, you sometimes forget, you know, like it happens to the best of us. Some, we have we have bad days, and it's hard for us to sometimes hide it, you know? And so it's just one of the things, just try as best you can to just remember it and remember what, what they do for us, because it's very rare that you'll even know that they're having a bad day but again they're humans too so i'm sure that they have to have them but they do a great job of hiding it i think that it got pushed out to the forefront a little bit because of covid you were seeing more coverage on cast members and i hope that continues regardless of any kind of covid situation because it did it did bring them the light again i think and they deserve it yeah Agreed. Right. Cool. I think Josh tomorrow has a big part of that. I do too. I think so too. I think, I think so. so too. Um, it, whenever you see him, he's always in the parks, handshakes and and, yep. and smiles and just saying, you know, always speaking to the cast members because he goes on the 
front lines and he actually speaks to a lot of the cast members. I've had numerous cast members tell me before how, how great of a, an individual he is and he, he's so down to earth and such a normal guy and he's super polite and, and talkative to, to the cast members. To have somebody that high up show that level is, it means so much. Agreed. All right. Well, guys, that's going to do it for this week's show. So uh, let's let's first let's start. We got some thank yous and some announcements. First, let's thank our sponsor today, uh, Magical Travels by Brian. The Disney Underground is proudly brought to you by Magical Travel by Brian. Contact Brian to help you book your next vacation. Brian can not only help you book your next Disney vacation, but much much more. Universal Studios vacations, all inclusive Caribbean resorts, cruises, corporate travel. They can even help you book your destination weddings, even Disney destination weddings. They're going to get you the best possible price on your trip, and that's a promise. And you know what the best part is, Dan? What's the best part? Uh, that'd be free. There you go. Is that Ted Flanders? Um, guys, <laughs> that's honestly, it's it's so true. They're completely free. It's a no-brainer. It doesn't cost a cent. So for info, please reach out to Magical Travel by Brian. You can check them out on their website, www.magicaltravelbybrian.com. Email brian at magicaltravel.com. That's brian spelled B-R-I-A-N. And you can catch them on phone, 1-800-883-1535 extension. Extension double nickel, five, five. five. There you go. <laughs> thank you, Dan. All right. Let's also thank for, thank you for stopping by Aaron Goldberg. Go check out his book, Buying Disney's World. It's a, a little behind the scenes and a little uh, history of Disney of what it took for them to buy the property they did. Go check out the book. It's phenomenal. Also thank Omar Elkayube from Give Kids the World. Guys, Give Kids the World, will be, you're going to see in the next few weeks, we'll be doing a lot of work with them. It's such a, an important, important uh, charity. They do such great work. Go check them out. Please, if you can, every dollar counts, whatever you can spare. Please uh, go go help them out. Um, they do just such great things for for, for children. Uh, so yeah, definitely be part of that. Okay, so a little announcement too. Remember, guys, starting October, the first Tuesday in October, we'll be joining. Um, and you'll get we'll get we'll get you some more information about it. But we'll be joining Magic of the Mouse Radio, where you can hear all over the place: Roku, uh, Alexa, Live three six five, uh, pretty much all over the place. Anywhere you can find online radio, I think radio.com. Uh, but we'll have more information. But we will be with them. Uh, we'll be starting. We'll be kicking off our relationship with them uh, the first Tuesday in October. So go check that out. And also, guys, check us out next week we will have dominic lewis uh the music composer for uh the disney plus hit series monsters at work so the man who put took over for randy newman that's which is huge shoes to fill took over for randy newman and is part of uh, the music behind monsters the whole monsters universe which is now monsters at work dominic lewis so please stop by and check him out i actually will not be on next week although you'll hear me for the the few minutes that we do that interview it'll be dan will be Manning the, the, the controls next week. So it'll be, it'll be Dan's show next week. Um, hopefully I don't get Wally pipped as we always say when somebody misses a show, but I will be back in a few weeks. So guys, I will miss everybody. Uh, it's going to feel weird not seeing you guys next week, although I'm sure I'll talk to everybody, but yeah. So I won't be here next week. And, um, that's it. Yeah. I don't know. It, I already, it, I'm starting to feel sad already about it. I'm going to miss oh, you guys. Yeah. We'll oh. miss you. We'll miss you, but I am, show I am pretty up. awesome. Oh. Oh, <laughs> so. You're one of the genes. Me and Gene Simmons. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. But you know what? Let's say adios to the crew. Let's kick it over to sunny Miami first, Joey and Sammy. Bye, guys. Bye. Great show. Had fun. <laughs> it was good having Joel here. Before you guys get out of here, please let us know where we can find some amazing ears. You can find us at Instagram at JSA Creations. So it's J-S-A-C-R-3-D-T-I-O-N-S. There you go. And let's go over to, it feels weird to say it because you're not in, both in Minnesota right now, but to the no. bestness of the Midwesterners, Stephanie via, via or via? What do you guys say? I say via, via. Minnesota and Dan via, via Holy. Utah. I don't yeah. know. Okay. I'll be back tomorrow. Back in Minnesota. Yay.
Are you going to be there, Steph? Yeah, I'll be here. I'll be here. Um, and hey, you know what? So you guys, hey, everybody out there, oh, God. you can check us out on Instagram at Rock and Roll DW. That's all. That was a hell of a delivery. Love it. God, wasn't it fantastic? It was I would absolutely. check us out. Absolutely. Based on that delivery. Oh, check yeah. Check us out there for a smile, know. a chuckle, and a rip around day. And a rip around yeah. day. <laughs> Guys, you can yeah. check us out on Instagram at the Disney Underground. My name is Gene. You can check me out on The Magical Lifestyle on Instagram. It's at the underscore magical underscore lifestyle. And guys, remember, have a great today, a better tomorrow. We'll see you next time. 